welcome to the Deep Dive. How are we going, guys? How are we? AFL Deep Dive. This is the round 14 review. How are you, Mr. Smith? I'm good, Trent, mate. How are you? Good. We had a, a long NBA free agency chat over dinner, so we're coming in a little we're, bit late, but we'll... We're warmed up for warmed. AFL now. We're warmed up for a sporting chat, so... Thanks so much for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. First thing off the top, thanks so much to our sponsors, Hopster Home. So these guys deliver craft beer to your door. So hopsterhome.com.au. So at the moment, we've got a Padre blended into a porter, which is pretty interesting. So Excellent. Very, very nice. Great Pad- for this time of year. This time of year, exactly. So Padre is a, a coffee roaster out of Brunswick and Conspiracy Brewers is around that area too. So yeah. definitely, um, definitely check these guys out hopster home because they they basically curate craft beer so if you're interested in craft beer they send you out you know packs and you subscribe to them sort of each month and it's yeah it's pretty exciting stuff they've got some really really beautiful beers in there so check them out hopsterhome.com.au they're really really good and if you need a discount as well which you should always need a discount AFL deep dive is uh the promo code to use when checking out and you get a discount off that off that case on your first pack on the first pack that's yeah. it and um like Basically, basically like getting, getting a pizza delivered to your home. It's Just done. Pick up the box, bring it inside. So done. It. Done. So, round 14. So, this is the last of the buy rounds. Last of the buy rounds, that's so it. And then we're back, into, we're back into normal footy again. Normal football, exactly. So, that's it. It's the last of the, the round. There's a lot... You know, just sort of talk about through this round. On paper, we said in the preview, probably not the most amazing round going on. Um, no, definitely on paper didn't look amazing, but it actually ended up to being. Be... Well, we did say we did say we got five out of six. So that's not too bad. The only yep. one we didn't tip was West Coast, but I don't think anyone too, tipped Essendon. Too many people would have done that. But we we did say that Essendon had a bit of a chance, so we were probably a little bit closer to the mark in the tipping comp that I do. I ended up tipping uh, West Coast only by two points, so okay, yep. it was ended up being obviously a lot further the other way than that yeah we did give them a bit of a chance but certainly didn't expect them to upset so definitely an interesting game you know but then a lot of things to talk about throughout the whole round obviously Port and and Melbourne interesting there probably not so much to talk about in the Hawthorne um, Gold Coast no. game Brisbane Giants well, against some massive news well, out of that game a lot of stuff's come out of that game and then an amazing game Saturday night Dogs North was a really good game and then Sunday probably not great with the Pies Blues so I think as now we're deeper into the season games like that Hawthorne Gold Coast game we're probably only going to talk about for maybe five yeah we're just going to brush over it ten minutes I think given that there's some really good games going on and a lot more to talk about that's the kind of game I think as the season goes on there's no point kind of dragging too heavily into that. No. Gold Coast are obviously well, well out of contention. So. Well out of contention, and essentially Hawthorne did what basically everyone thought they were going to do, except not win by as much. No, that's probably the only thing that we can talk about, but still yeah. 53 points wasn't exactly a, a close game. Not a close game, yeah. But, no. um, it could easily have gone a lot a lot further. Yeah, I think the, all the other games um, will go a lot more into. There was definitely more talking points out of the other games. Yeah, sure. definitely, and some really key injuries out of them as well. Yeah, definitely. So let's start at the top. So Thursday, 21st of June, West Coast versus Essendon. Essendon won by 28 points, so 52 to 80 and in the end. AFL lovers, tipsters, and Essendon supporters alike are probably scratching themselves a little bit going, where has this been all year? Yeah. This is exactly the type of football I thought Essendon were going to play 
from the outset. They haven't, but it's really good to, for me personally. I reckon it's really good to see them come alive and obviously just put another spanner in the works for the final eight now. Well, I mean, what it does, I mean, the main aspect out of it, I mean, it does give Essendon one more game to try to get a little bit closer to maybe causing some sort of an upset and, and doing a Sydney and making the eight at the last moment. Mm. I personally don't think that's going to happen. I think there's just too many teams above them and in and around that mix that are going to take a lot of ground to make those up. spots exactly yeah but i mean the main thing it does so before we get straight sort of heavily into the games that the, the thing about it is it does bring west coast a little bit back to earth so now we've got three teams that have won 10 games so number one in the ladder is richmond so everyone's now played 13 games so we, it's hard with the buy rounds to kind of look at the ladder so much so that's why we didn't really dig sort of too deep into it over yeah. the last few weeks because it is so hard because it's like, oh, well, he played one, they haven't played one, so on and so forth. So Richmond on top with 135%, 110 games. Uh, Sydney, 10 as well, 125. West Coast, third, 10 wins, uh, 123. Collingwood, nine wins, so they really needed to beat the Blues and for a while there it looked like it may not have happened, but mm. that was great they got that over the line because they've gone into top four now at 119%. Port Adelaide also on nine, so 113% as well at fifth. And then Melbourne, one game slightly out there, which definitely hurts a little bit there. So that, obviously, those two, fifth versus sixth, that ended up having a bit of um, influence on the eight with uh, Melbourne finish 127. And then, so they've got quite a healthy percentage down the bottom there. But then Geelong also holding in there, eight wins, uh, 126. So again, percentage is not too bad. And then it starts to drop off from there. And then North Melbourne at eight games as well. Now, the only thing that separates Hawthorne at ninth is um, percentage. So even even though North did scrap together that incredible win, they're sitting at 116.95 versus Hawthorne at ninth with 115.64. So it is very, very close. GWS at 10th, and after that, I think that's it. So in terms of finals, GWS is sitting with seven wins, so one less game, 113.74. So not great percentage as well, and sitting at 10th. And then, I guess, you know, just for um, argument's sake, we can mention Adelaide. Adelaide is six wins, uh, hundred and uh, so 100.37. But, yeah, from there, so... And then Essen, as we just spoke about, at 12th. But, look, sitting at 93%, which is, you know, not healthy at all... They're going to have to produce some pretty incredible, pretty football. big games, yeah. Yeah, from here in order to make that back. So for for you know, I think for me, it's, it's it, those ten teams from ten to one are the ones that are realistically in it. I think the fight for that eighth position is still very much in. And geez, had had um, North lost that game, then Hawthorne would be in the eight right now. So it is it is um, such a tight season. And you know, from from ninth, you know, Hawthorne have won eight games to number one. Richmond have won 10, so there's only two games that separate from outside the eight to the top. It is such a close season. Yep. And yeah, so it's, it's interesting to sort of recap. We are going to do tomorrow a mid-season review type situation as well. We're going to sort of discuss a bit of the ins and the outs, potential trades at the end of the year. We're going to discuss a little bit of, around the status of the game as well. Yeah, a bit Not more general stuff. and General stuff. The status of the game stuff, more around, you know, if they were to bring in zones, what would that look like? Stuff like that. But I think we're, we're not going to speculate on it too much. We're just going to have a discussion around it, as there's been a few people that kind of, you know, want to know our opinions on it. But, we, yeah, we won't go sort of too heavily into it until it actually happens, which is our kind of main MO with this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. But let's get into the first game. But I thought it was yeah. just worth kind of having a bit of a brief look at the ladder, uh, just because it, you know, did have quite 
quite an impact with West Coast being definitely brought into that group. And yep. my main thing that I've been saying for weeks is I think Sydney, West Coast and Richmond are the clear three teams, I think, that are at the top. And I don't think there's much that separates between the three. And now the ladder doesn't lie. It's yep. gotten to that point now where they're all on the same points. Yeah, and the way it is all shaping up and only nine rounds left, having a discussion about ladder position is actually relevant because mm. you've got a group of three or four, or three teams, four teams sitting up top. Yeah. Couple in the middle, game behind, and then a backlog of four or five teams, another game behind that. So it's every round it's now really is going to have one, two, maybe three games that really shape that um, that top eight. That top eight. And we've got nine games to go now. So, I mean, the, the reality is with Adelaide with only six wins and there's nine games to go, I mean, you, you really need to win... Well, you need to win 13, 14 games to, to realistically expect to make finals. And with only six wins, the teams that are on six wins in Fremantle, Essendon and Adelaide, I mean, they're, they're going to find it really, really tough. tough. Yeah. And obviously, the Bulldogs with only four wins. And those they, are completely out so of the equation. If yeah. they win every game from here, that makes 15 wins. And then they're not going to win every no. game from here. So that, that would make obviously mean that they would make it. So that's the thing. Western Bulldogs are still a mathematical chance. And then obviously after that, Gold yeah, Coast. Math only. That's it. So I think but the, the mathematical chance thing is when you're starting to rely on needing to win every game and then other teams losing, I think you're, you're pretty much... Well, it's near, not impossible because there are many teams cross over. So one of them's going to win, one's going to lose. So, And I think the Dogs play still a, a, a number of teams above them. Well, just for, just let's pull something out of the box before we move into the game. And for argument's sake, so next week, Adelaide have got West Coast. I would say they'd lose that game. That's at Adelaide Oval. Dogs play Geelong. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing There's for me... There's one game gone for them. That's it, yeah. So I think, you know, and then you look at Adelaide further on. I mean, it's 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 going to be really tough. Then they've got Richmond yeah. at home, which is, you know, certainly not something they're going to win. Then they've got Geelong. They've actually had a really hard run home because they yeah. finished so high up. And so, so are the Dogs. The Dogs have got Geelong, Hawthorne, Melbourne. Yeah, look, it's, that's the thing. Even the next few for Adelaide look really rough. So yeah. it, I, I think they're probably on the out now. But look... You, Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. But yeah. there's a lot of players that are going to be out for a long time, so I, I just don't see it happen. But we will go more into yeah, the, the sort of status the of the season tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then also we'll know the McGovern decision. So we're recording this on Monday night, but it's obvious the McGovern's going to get weeks, which um, we'll definitely get yeah, into. Yeah, just be a matter of how many. Exactly. Not, not McGovern, Cameron. No, yeah, that's it. Uh, Cameron, sorry. What, did I say McGovern? <laughs> McGovern. Did I? Oh, okay. McGovern on the mind. They're both injured, aren't they? Oh, I'm thinking about him because of the free, uh, free agency. agency. Yeah. That's it. Let's keep... Uh, yeah, so Thursday night... Thursday night. Eagles versus the Bombers, and the Bombers just hit the Eagles right from the very first bounce and didn't look back. That's it. They came with, with the accelerator on, yeah, didn't Fantastic they? football. Open, um, opened the Eagles right up. Um, so even though they were missing their two spearheads, it wouldn't have mattered. The ball didn't go into their forward line for well, basically the first... Quarter and a bit. Well, so. speaking of McGovern, you know, Darling and, and McGovern, I mean, as, as you say, I don't think that would have made a massive difference. I mean, the re- reality is it barely went inside 50 for so long. They murdered them with pace. Yeah. Um, Saad was his unbelievable yeah. best off halfback. So even when the ball got towards their forward 50, Saad was there rebounding it. They were just so clean. It was, um, it was reminiscent of. Uh, Arsenal in the early 2000s where they played one touch footy and it was some of the best soccer I've ever seen and obviously they went on to win a lot of uh, titles and that's Essendon were just clean fast and, yeah. and West Coast couldn't get their hands on it and um, it was an uphill battle from there and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it 
even though I'm a Hawthorne supporter and Hawthorne supporters don't generally like Essendon winning any game. No, but you're a football supporter. Love football. And, and it had an yeah. impact on the season. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I like watching the best players play at their best and Essendon's best players played at their best. Saad, Heppel, Merritt. Smith, Smith as well. was really, really good. And they made the difference and made, made made life easy for their somewhat forward line to kick goal. Stringer was able to get onto the end of it and kick three early goals and that set it up. Yeah, that's it. And it, I mean, they, they they came out and, and played the Eagles the way you need to play them, which is with pace and, and, and just push it really early. So they I think they zoned really well, structured really well. I thought the Dons were... They were so quick early. I mean... It, the interesting thing about it is they... Look, you can look at this game with really two sides. It was a fantastic start. It was really impressive. I think by the second and third... Even the second quarter, certainly the third. But a lot of Essendon players were pretty gassed after having such a fast performance. It is a little bit of a miracle that they did get out of this game in terms of winning. I mean, I think mm. the Eagles were so insanely inaccurate. So the final score, 6-16 to 12-8. I mean, that tells... A pretty interesting story if you didn't see this game. So the accuracy was unbelievable. So the first quarter, 6-2 to 1 point, which is obviously not what anyone expected at all. If anyone expected it to go the other way. And then one goal, 6-8-4. to So by then the game was basically over. But then after half-time, two goals, 12. So the Eagles kicked 1-6 in the third quarter to Essendon's only one goal, 3. So it's... That's the thing. It, like, it, it did start to shift by the third quarter. Essendon yeah. did run out of legs, but the Eagles weren't accurate. And if you're not accurate, you're, you're not going to win. You cooked, yeah. Like, yeah. Even in this halftime, it should have, they should have been within a couple of goals. The Eagles had their kick straight and then... Well, the last quarter, they been, kicked 4-4. Four, four. Like, that's yeah. still not good. Not good at all. Yeah, so that's... that's and that could uh, mean West Coast don't get the second, second the double chance. chance. Yeah. The biggest or home thing, final, one of the two. Well, the thing for me is, like, Richmond seemed to be very... And I, I know I just said that Sydney, West Coast, and Richmond are really in that clear top. And I, I still firmly believe that. But I think this year, there's clearly no team that's going to dominate the entire year. West Coast had a good run. But Richmond have had a really good run more recently as well. Yep. And Sydney have had a, you know some amazing football all year. I think the big thing is where people are going to be playing each other at the end of the year. And I think the best case scenario, clearly, for Sydney and the West Coast is to, to not have to go over there and play them. And I mean, they, they really needed to win this. But who knows? I mean, I, I think there's still a lot of games to go. West Coast to put a bunch in the bank. But it, it is something that, gee, they really needed to be more accurate on the night. And, and they just allowed Essendon to dictate play early. I, I don't know whether they thought this would be a much easier game and they could basically rock up in second gear and, and win. The other thing too is Essendon came off the bye, which this is the first team this year to come off the bye and dominate. No one's done that this year where they've come off a bye. There's teams that have, most of the teams have lost. There's been teams that have uh, won. Hawthorne dominated Adelaide. But they dominate. But they dominated the team. No, <laughs> yeah, they did. That's, no, yeah, I, I know. What well, you mean. no, they, they. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. Adelaide are a shit team. Adelaide played one quarter, but Adelaide are baked. Yeah, I don't think. I, I, whereas I think Essendon have some upside, and they 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 have beaten some good teams this year. Essendon's Essendon's well have beaten a heap of good teams. Have been Geelong, but Essendon and Adelaide, Adelaide. have same points on the ladder. Like that's yeah. a thing. Whereas you know, I. I so much of, of the key aspects of Adelaide are, are out. Whereas I think Essendon are, I think Essendon are a better side. I, I just think they are. I think they will finish higher than, than oh, them course. on the ladder. Well, a lot of people wouldn't say that, but I reckon they will. I can't... Well, we'll get into it tomorrow, but you'll hear me 
I can't see Adelaide winning more. Well, than Essendon two. have got a better run home. The big problem with Adelaide they is they finished so high in the ladder last year that their run home is terrible. So last year they finished number one in the ladder. So that's yeah, anyway. So look, I think yeah. I mean, one thing I did want to say just off the top as well with West Coast and Essendon. I forgot to mention this last week, and we 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 have so many different things we want to talk about with the game. We can never cover everything. But last week as well in in the West Coast game. Um, McGovern off the field for lengthy periods of time for that very terrible sports scientist type stuff where, you know, a player's hot, you know, holding buddy and being really good. They pull them off when it's time to come off or he's done too much on his GPS or whatever. Mm. They bring them off and then Buddy kicks, what, three? Can he kick three during the time that McGovern was on the bench? So, I don't know. Anyway, I I just meant to mention that because a couple of people said, why didn't you mention that? And I was like, well, we had in the notes. It's bizarre but, because in so many other sports, and oh, I'm not going to apologise for using M- NBA and basketball, no, um, but, it's called feeding the hot hand. And if someone is on, you keep them on because they're in the zone. So I don't understand why I get different sports and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But no, when you've got but, a key defender holding down a, a guy that can rip games apart... He didn't look gassed either. I don't get it. It was no. very strange. So yeah, anyway, I, that's I know that's about last, last week, but anyway, yeah. just as a thing. But, the, I mean, look, the, the ball use from West Coast against Essendon was slow, and I just really thought... Really slow. They, they, they were so slow. The first... The second or third note I wrote. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like, in the first quarter, so they were just so slow to in, enter inside 50. So early on, I think this was at the, at the end of the first quarter, it was 13 to 4 inside 50s. Yeah, that's, that the tells it all. Well, I mean, but I mean, look, Essendon were playing lights out football. I mean, they were just making everything, every pass. They were so sharp. They were so on point. They were just all over it. So I, I mean, it was a quarter to behold. Like it, mm. it was unbelievable. Like it every, was like Sydney's the other week against against the St Kilda. Yeah. Everything came off. So this is against a better team. Exactly. I mean, everything came off and everything worked. Oh, look, we, we've said this all year. Essendon are a really good side. They're, they're a, anywhere between sort of 7 and 10 on the ladder. They've just had some really, really terrible structures. And I think they've been poorly coached through some games. And I think they and haven't... Injuries been, haven't helped. Injuries haven't helped. And I think they haven't been able to work out what pieces are going to work where. Yeah. So, Orazio back definitely helped as well. I thought early that that, that made sense. Um, that, you know, he was probably about ready to, to have a, a quality game. Mm. But I just thought the effort from West Coast was really poor, especially in the first half. They, they just look... You know, Shuey looked off again. I, I still... You know, you know, when Hearn's coughing it up, it, it's sort of like... You know, it, it, he's such a barometer for that side, and when he's coughing, coughing it up, I thought, "Geez, what?" Anyway, yeah. but it, at least turn turn it around after quarter time, and he so, was probably their best, along with Gaff and and Yo. They, they were their best three players from the second quarter onward for West Coast. That's it. They, I mean, they almost got him back into the game. Those three. Yeah, that's it. I mean, and the other thing I noticed too, I messaged you during the game as well, was it seems teams after playing Sydney. So Sydney mm. are clearly playing very physical games. It's interesting to note that a number of teams after playing Sydney are low the next week. Yeah, regardless if they win. So or not lose. just I don't think it's just the travel. A number no. of, exactly. So Port beat Sydney over there and then they nearly lost to Brisbane the next week. Yeah. So there's a bunch of examples we don't have time to sort of go through all of them, but go back through the fixture 
in, um, just have a look and, at the and teams. Just have a look at it. Have a look at teams that have beaten Sydney or gotten close to them and had really big games against Sydney. Because the next week, a lot of the time they're dipping. So I thought that was just something interesting to note, and it's a, another badge I think that Sydney can can possibly wear as well. But yeah, look at what look. It was a good game to watch purely from the fact that it was an interesting upset. But at the same time, I mean, the accuracy was unbelievable. Like, as a West Coast supporter, this would have been... I mean, a few of them, uh, listeners, tweeted like this and said... a thousand paper cuts. A couple of them said, look, you know, you might you can skip over the Eagles this week. Don't, <laughs> don't bother discussing them. But, I mean, look, that, they, it was humble. I mean, as I said, the scoreline is, is obscene. Like, I mean, Lysett as well, like that fresh area. Like, it, there's just so many moments just where... Just little things that One just... team was very off and one team was very on. And that this is what happens. And the game is closer than people realise. Oh, absolutely. The West Coast... Uh, Really, West Coast had they kicked straight like they're, they're fairly an ac- accurate team. Any okay, this was a pretty bad one in front of goals. Yeah, uh, they're not the only team this week that did that. They sh- probably should have been a hundred to eighty. They probably should have won by twenty points, three or four goals. Well, I mean, they had so many more opportunities in that, especially in the second half. I wrote down in the third quarter. Oh no, this was the fourth quarter. Sorry, got to twenty-two points crazily winnable game. That's the thing. Like they they kicked so many. I tweeted during the game. I was like, only twenty-one more points and they can win it. Like mm. it as in literally kicking more and more points. Yeah, they, they could have. It was it became two thousand eight grand final scenario style. Yeah, I mean it, it it became ridiculous. So they had at one stage they I think this might have been the end of the game or pretty close towards the end. They had fifty and we'll check it at the end in the stats. But they had fifty-nine inside 50s for six goals or the six well that must have been the end because they finished with six goals that is absolutely ridiculous so i i don't yeah 59 is yeah that that was the final line so i anyway but that that they clearly had a horrible night at the office you know yo tried but again nothing he was doing was working you know normally he's he's he was good he wasn't bad like that's the thing but you know, listen to this. I mean, inside fifty efficiency, thirty-seven percent to for the West Coast Eagles. I mean, that that's absurd. Yeah, and scoring efficiency, twenty-seven percent yeah. compared to sixty percent. And so, if you go through, and if you go through a bunch of their games, they only had nine marks inside fifty. If you go through a bunch of their wins this year, they've been significantly better. So yeah, we also uh, we mentioned this at the back end of a preview. This isn't just another um, sort of housekeeping note as well. Uh, a few people asked us during the week, what do we think of the four umpires? I mentioned it like right at the last second of the preview. I think we, I think you mentioned it, and I was like, oh, and then we we had to we had to go. Yeah, we're done. But um, yeah, that was it. But the I personally, I think it's over umpired. I I just don't think it's necessary. The free kicks are up, so they're actually so average free kicks. If you don't know in an AFL games, in and around forty ish. So a lot of the time it's kind of high thirties to low forties. There's a bunch of games recently since they've started doing that are in around fifty plus yeah so for me i think it's over umpiring and i think this game showed it i thought the umpiring through this whole round and the last couple especially i mean this is so with this podcast it's the game of the drama blah 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 but and we part of it is we don't you know really kind of dig into umpiring because there's nothing worse than kind of just sitting around complaining about umpires it's it's it's, got a job to do the thing with umpiring is they've got a job to do and they're actually told by a committee what to do on a game day so Mm. it can change from week to week and that's the most frustrating part about it however um, I personally hate the idea. I don't like the idea of having three central umpires. I think two yeah. are fine because they've, if you're going to have more, have more boundary umpires because they're the ones seeing the action from the side. But yeah. I, yeah, it's I don't know. Unless they do an overhaul of how the structure goes, 
unfortunately, uh, we're going to have to just see what happens and just deal with it. But umpiring, it's, it's umpiring too has, much for me. It's too much for me. I think it still needs to be simplified as far as what rules they've got to call. Well, that's more the issue. Yeah, yeah. You could have one umpire out there, and they could, if, as long as the um, rules and regulations were clear cut, yeah, they could almost call it themselves. But it's so much to consider, and yeah, it's become be... overcomplicated for them. Yeah, that's it. And there's got to be clarity between umpires. One umpire seems to view one thing one way, and another one clearly views mm. something the other way. So I know in the off season they do do these camps with them and go through demonstrations, but it's just not working because there are some of them that clearly... I, I get the whole argument. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. It is clearly one of the hardest games in the world to umpire. I don't doubt that at all, but there are some... Um, there was just... I, I thought it was worth raising because there was some unbelievable decisions. Having more umpires on the field makes it worse because yeah. of that very reason. If you've got two umpires, yeah. two central umpires, only one or two of them can make... One or two of them can make the decision and yeah. it's half and half. One guy, as soon as it crosses over the halfway line, it goes to the other guy. It's really simple. But when you've got four, it's yeah. like, well, which person is it in that half and quadrant or whatever you do, you're going to have to break the game, actual field up. And then it becomes more complicated for the players. And then people who are fans of football get frustrated because they don't know what's going on because they don't know who's calling what and blah, blah, well, blah. When you show blah, blah. this... It becomes like... more about the issue than the game itself. That's exactly it, yeah. And, the, you know, the poor D's had some unbelievable oh. decisions so there were some marks that were clearly marks and so on and so forth but we won't spend too much more time on that but anyway yeah. so we brought yeah. it up we talked about it we're moving That's back it. to the game yeah game so I mean I think well people were curious to yeah, know of course. About yeah, the absolutely. We'll and all that sort of stuff and, but I think yeah look it, for me it's too much and I don't, I don't think it's necessary and I think it just it just raises more confusion than, than anything because after all I'm well, they're disagreeing with each other anyway. So, and that's the thing. A few times in the last two weeks, that one yeah. said one thing and one said the other thing. And if anyone's actually looked into the part of the reason, it's because they want to keep the best umpires umpiring for the longest amount of time yeah, period. Yeah, keeping the kilometers down. I and get that. So, which is a double-edged uh, sword because then where do the youth come from? So, who's going to umpire when they retire? Yeah, that's true. Actually, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. So, mm. anyway, it's a longer discussion. Longer but... discussion that. Where none of us are going to have any impact on the AFL are very stubborn around umpiring right. and they'll do whatever they think's the best. Well, that's it. So the other thing too, Bell Chambers, I thought was oh. was really good as well. We didn't mention him before. Yeah, he's oh. really coming into some form. It's well, the thing about him at the moment is there's so many good ruckmen in the game that he just doesn't even get a mention. No. You know, with with so many ridiculous ruckmen at the moment, it, it's it's and he you know, just goes about gets his thirty odd hit outs, gets a couple a goal or so. Twenty he's, he's fantastic. He's very he's such mobile. a big unit, and he's and he's he has thrived post Ryder. And I know a lot of mm. Essendon people would think, you know, gee, it was shit ass that we lost him. But he, I think, he has been excellent. I think he's really yeah. stepped up. So and he's a character. I love him on the field. Nice guy. Yeah, yeah. but he's funny. He makes the game. Well, funny. we can't hear what he's saying, but you can tell he's saying some good stuff. <laughs> like with so. Lysa, is that? Oh, you didn't kick that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Was, I like that. How he yeah. laughed. Him and Maxi Gorn, yeah. I reckon, are just good characters to have out in the field. Well, that's it. Yeah, and there's there are some really good rucks out. There. Mm. So it is funny that he doesn't even get a mention. But the, the another another deficiency as well. So we'll talk a little bit about tactics as well. I think a couple of things for me. So a big deficiency in the Eagles game, and I haven't watched any of the, the footy shows. We you know we never do. We record this on a Monday night. We want to have our own opinions. But I think for me a big thing was the Eagles. Not only were they slow to go inside fifty, and, and I think their entries in terms of structuring where they went was often poor. But I, uh, the big problem for me, so two two factors. So firstly, there was disconnect 
ironically, like Essendon style for a while there, mm. between their, which we spoke about for many weeks, between the midfield and, and the forward line. So yep. they had a lot of offensive issues. So I get it because West Coast had a very, un, for them, unorthodox forward line because two key pillars were out. Mm. So the mids were kind of confused with where to go and how to go and what and so on and so forth. But on top of that, and this added to it all, and this affected the accuracy, so here's a bit of a theory on it, was it's not just the way they went inside 50 as well. I think the vision from a lot of the midfielders on the night was just generally poor. So a lot of the time when they were delivering it, they would just give them garbage. Like they would kick it to space, but they would kick it just too far over. And I know it sounds like a simple thing, but giving them you know two to three meters worse of accuracy, it affects it. Yeah. And it gets into your head. And I think a lot of the time, half the time they were going for it, and they'd just be two or three metres over further than they would like to. So that's the thing. There were a couple of things like that where I just think they were... And pressure does that. So I get that. Yeah. And, you know, hats off to Essen and that, that can clearly impact that. If you've got someone on your tail, you know, you'll, you'll make a kick that can be, a, you know, a little bit quicker. Yeah, but it also but, didn't help that the, one of their... Ins to take over for Darling. Mick Inns didn't hit the scoreboard. Well, he did, but not goals. So, as a midfielder, you're not going to feel too confident. Keep going back to that guy who can't kick a goal. goal. You you lose the confidence in him. And Liam Ryan as well. I think that's another thing too. You know, he kicked one point for the night. So, I mean, you know, Rizza kicked one goal um, in Rioli. So, I I actually they're all they're all down for for lot. Obviously, they got smashed at the start, and uh, and I mean then. Played much better football coming, but you, you um, you're not going to win too many games as you mentioned by kicking point after point after point, and then and then you all as a team psyche you become very down on like oh, am I going to kick this or am I not, and whole motivation becomes a whole different uh, ball game. So yeah, and Lacroix I think lacked confidence. I mean I, I think he you know one goal too, but he didn't get too many options. I mean that the delivery towards him especially I thought at times was really poor. So. But yeah, look, we could we could keep going into this game, but I, I think for me, West Coast are fine. They're going to be back. I don't think we need to kind of bang into them too much. They're, they're a very good side. Darling's injury is not long-term. He's going to be back in the next couple of weeks. Kennedy's not that far off as well. So, you know, clearly they're two very important, um, you know, integral pieces to them ongoing throughout the year. But for me, I'm, I'm not worried, and I, I think no. they're going to be fine. And I think the only thing about it is they... Look, they... they while this win wasn't desperate to, to, to get, you know, maybe swinging that Anui forward a bit more and kind of swapping a few things around and just trying something. I mean, they were both losing to Bell Chambers, I think, a lot of the time in the ruck anyway. Yeah, so why not, why not play Lysette longer in there? I, I don't know. There was a few little things where I thought strategically they could have switched around. Even playing, you know, Liam Ryan was struggling, even putting Shuey forward. But then the problem is then they're getting murdered in the, the centre. So that's the thing. There's a lot of kind of... But I thought, yeah, like, after that second... You raised that before yeah, the game. At the second, in the second quarter, when they were starting to get on top, but just not on the scoreboard... I mean, they had three rucks that they could have used through the the ground. Um, McGinn's, Lysett, and Nat Nui. I would have thrown the dice at Nat Nui in the forward line, just let him be. Yeah. Maybe have Rioli and Lacra at his at his feet. But you know he's at least going to take a contested mark, and athletically, none of the backs would have been able to go with him. No, yeah. But look, yeah, look. I but mean, they didn't, and... Yeah. 
No, well, that, that, I think I don't know whether they just thought, look, we're not going to. It's probably going to be tough to win this game. Mm. It's such a long season. I don't know whether we want to push it too re- hard. Injuries and all that type of stuff. Possibly. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know whether that came into the back of their minds. But look, you know, overall, I thought really quality team effort from Essendon, and that's exactly what you want to see. And the, the recruitment pieces that they Has brought worked. in, yeah. they all worked, and they all worked on the night. So Smith worked, and together, like there was yeah. a number of times where. Plus some other players in uh, link ups. All three of the recruits were part of it, and they yeah. and they actually all had a big say in the in the game. I like um, young Gulfie as well, number thirty five for Essendon. I thought he was really good. His stats line, if you looked at it, you think, oh yeah. But if you missed the game, I, I was really excited by him, and I think he's going to be a player. But um, Stringer, you know, great great performance. I thought probably one of his better games for the club. Yeah. Tipper, Tipper probably had his best game for the year. He, was, uh, he has been efficient. quite down since, yeah. since last year. you know. But Devin he, Smith, three goals, 22 disposals. Like, Devin Smith. 23, sorry. He was really good. Devin Six Smith and well. Heppel were probably the two best on ground. Yeah. And then Merritt was really good as well. Langford was, was impressive. Langford was yeah, good as well. I thought yeah. Hurley did his job, but again, the, the West Coast entries were so rubbish half the time. You know, Hurley didn't, didn't have really to have to much. worry too much. I was, I was hoping I got excited when he uh, got got hold of the ball just outside of 50 and launched, but got a little bit under it and didn't make the distance. Oh, yeah. But would have been good for him to kick a goal. He's uh, he's known to kick a goal. He did spend a bit of time up forward in his younger days. He did, yeah. But look, I think overall, good game. But look, it, it, it was one where, I mean, West Coast are going to be fine. But there's yep. no need to worry about them, and I think Essendon. And there's lots. It's to... good they bank something, but yeah, they're going to. Yeah, it's probably still going to struggle. It's going to be very hard for them. A lot of things have to fall their way for them to play finals now. Yeah, just because they're still a fair way. Out. But geez, it looks good for them next year. To well, that's on. it, and they're getting some games into a bunch of their kids as well, and they'll they'll be better for yeah, it. But and their yeah. reserves are doing really well mm. so they've got a lot of depth and, and I mean there's still players like Aaron Francis who can't even get a game and he's dominating in the reserves so, yeah. yeah look signs and, for West Coast in the second half were a lot better 71% of time in the forward half they just couldn't get a goal like that's mm. the thing like there was just just horrendous accuracy on the night and it was one of those nights where it just sort of became a bit of disease rather than anything else but Essendon actually hadn't won in Perth since 2013 so that was the the game where Essendon in the drug saga were able to to beat West Coast over there, which is a huge win. So, I mean, this is the thing. So to to give you an idea of the sort of Bermuda Triangle nature of Essendon this year, they've won against Port Adelaide, Geelong, Adelaide and West Coast, but they've lost to Carlton the Dogs. Yeah. So that gives you an idea of the schizophrenic nature of of Essendon this year. But look, hopefully they're able to bank a few more wins. I don't see them getting into the eight. I I think it's going to be a bit too tough, but who knows... Um, there's enough games, so that they are kind of one of the few I would throw into mathematical. Whereas I think Adelaide Adelaide's list is far more cooked. I think they're they're in a lot more trouble. Yeah, so absolutely. We better keep moving, but yeah, look, overall, I think good game for for Essendon and, and good on them for pulling the away win. It is really obviously tough to win over there, and a lot of teams have struggled. So good on them. Next game, Port versus Melbourne. Great game on the Friday, twenty second of June, seventy five to sixty five. Port won by ten points. Probably top five games of the year. I still think Easter Monday. Uh, I still think the Geelong Melbourne game was quite mm. good. There's a bunch of other games that very that, high that, quality that are there, but I, st- I still think this game. Yeah, we both messaged each other and said the same thing during the game. It was, yeah, it was definitely a, a top five game for me. Obviously, if you're a Melbourne fan, it wouldn't be anywhere near five. But 
generally as someone that you know views both these teams from the outside I've got nothing invested in either of them no. aside from just loving football and yeah and I really like both of these teams I like the yeah. way they play lots yep. of great players on each team strong across all lines they're just both very well well rounded teams and again like what the lad is saying at the moment these two teams on paper look like it should have been this close of a game well that's it it was you know in that in that kind of middle rung bracket of the of the top eight Interestingly, so if you missed this game, there was really no composure from either team early. So both teams, I thought, started a bit nervously. Very erratic. Very erratic, very inaccurate as well. Teams were feeling each other out, but at the same time, I think it was just some very strange stuff early. I thought Marshall, I really like young Marshall. Obviously, you know, he's a young player. He's been through the ringer a bit with his family life, both of his parents dying in the last year which is obviously a horrible thing but um it's great to see him out there so he's the player that they did the the 13 minute um clap for last week with the doggies but um no he's fantastic so he looks really good took that really nice mark and i thought he competed throughout the game and he'll learn a lot through this game yes he made mistakes but he's going to learn a lot but um it was an appalling start from a, a set shot kicking perspective um it did start off a bit rough so the scores yeah. at quarter time one goal three to six uh, three goals five yeah melbourne really mm. should have been six, much much six goals yeah, yeah six especially five or six melbourne. goals in front yeah they were yeah. they had, they probably had the well they definitely I think had, they're slightly at the upper hand first quarter uh, yeah and but they just had the better i think they had the easier chances in front of goal i think they were using the ball better in 50 into the their 50 in the first quarter in particular yeah and yeah, I think they're going to look back at this game and go, wow, that's one that they really let slip in the first quarter as opposed to the rest of the, the game. That's I, thought, I thought Port became better as the game went on. Oh, I think so. I mean, let's get the elephant out of the room first. Melbourne were in front for 85 minutes and they lost this game. So you can really mount an argument that they choked. They, you know, you look at a lot, a lot of the stats are outrageous to have the amount of inside 50s that they had, to have the amount of marks inside 50s. So Melbourne had 68 inside 50s and they lost the game. So that that is... that is an, it, it's actually, 39, so almost to 39. Double. Yeah, and it does... Stand actually is one of the one of the more skewed stats. I think it's sat like fifth or sixth all time in terms of the amount of inside fifties and a loss. But how ridiculous is this? They both had the same amount of shots on goal. Well, that's 20. it. It's all about what you do with it. So and that's I don't exactly think they got. It. I don't think they choked. I think they got choked by Port Adelaide. I think defensive. a bit of both. Well, look, this young defence from Port is unbelievable and Jonas has to be in that all Australian so guess conversation he check of the week <laughs> so Tom Jonas 20 disposals 15 kicks 5 handballs 80% disposal efficiency he was unbelievable on the night so like when you talk about great intercepts uh, markers uh, backs that read the play your Rancers uh, your Sisleys your uh, Harry Taylors he's starting to play a little bit of all of them combined he's going to be something very special over the next few years. So who's who's heard of Jonas, Bonner, Howard, Pittard, Clary, Brian Jones? Pittard's probably the only one who's probably the only one a household and, name. And only because he was talked about in the in free agency <clears throat> draft over the last couple of years and whether he'd be um, shifted on but um, Whereas yeah. you look at the other lines, Pollock, Wines, Thomas <laughs> Wingard, Westoff, Boak, Grey, Grey, Dixon. Yeah, household names. So they're all people that everybody knows. This young yeah, backline. Unheard line, of backline. Exactly. And, and who are they? But wowee. I mean, we've been talking up a couple of them, but 
This Not, back line is is fantastic. I think yeah, the game against Melbourne really showed how well uh, gelled they are and yeah. structured they are, and it's going to be hard for teams to score against them now. They got really good timing as well. So there was a number of incidents where just just really beautiful timing in terms of when they would reach the forward and how they would pressure them to to you know lose the mark or at least affect the mark. Like they were yeah, they were fantastic all night. I thought the the Port Adelaide transition in general was excellent. Um, I thought Port Port early. I mean, the other thing too is you know I know Melbourne. We said before Melbourne had a bit of the upper hand early on. Port were just not really that clean. But Pollock even struggled a little bit earlier. But you know they got there in the end. And to be fair, I, I mean I think Port were coached very well on the day. You know they really stuck to their plans and, and the players clearly you know played with that persistence and that's what good teams do even if it's not working early it doesn't mean it's not going to work late yeah and, and not panicking is, is a massive aspect absolutely. to building a quality side absolutely and they did their homework on um brayshaw without a doubt brayshaw he got plenty of the ball but he was nowhere near and as, as well nowhere near as effective as he usually is mm. or as efficient um they roughed him up they they didn't give him much time to dispose of the ball and he's been the a prime reason that Melbourne have been so good in this early part of the year but they nullified him he still did very well he was one of the better players for Melbourne with 28 touches but he went at 53% efficiency that's well below where he's normally at that's it yeah a couple of other things too and something definitely to note from a Melbourne perspective we might have been a bit harsh on them early the other thing too McDonald's uh, was off the ground for significant amounts of time. Jetta was off as well, which which clearly didn't help. So he um, had a concussion. He came back on, which was a little bit of a surprise, but mm. came back on. Um, there was a few other things from an injury perspective as well. So look, having having a couple of people off the ground doesn't help. Uh, Petrarca, I thought, was clearly sore through pieces of it, but. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help, especially post-Lever, to have those pieces being taken out of the game. Yeah, and McDonald was obviously the target. Hogan's still quite down. He has been for the last few weeks. He was and, terrible. And with, and with no one to target up uh, when the game's in the balance, and, and we're still not really sure... I'm not sure what's going on. McDonald, he's, um, he was coughing up blood after a heavy knock. Well, Hogan and, as well. What's going on with him? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Whether it's confidence or whether he's been playing, happy to play second fiddle while McDonald's been firing. Who knows? We'll wait and see. If McDonald doesn't play this coming weekend and uh, Hogan gets on the end of it, I think that's a clear sign that he's just uh, letting, letting his teammate have a bit of, bit of shining in the light while he, uh, after he re-signs... Uh, an extended contract and yeah that's it I mean he kicked a point against Collingwood then the buy and then another point yeah either so that or, kicked two points either that or he's been getting the, the best defender Look, pressuring he, on he has but to, would, to most of most of the time but at the same time I still think two points is in yeah. two games is you want great. a lot more than that yeah but I think the, the big thing I took out of this game the last note I actually wrote for the game was Port's game style has become mature and patient and that's and it's the big thing for me. And it's multifaceted, isn't that? Faceted, yeah. Yeah, heaps. If something's not working, it's got Collingwood diversity change. to it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, as weapons you mentioned, he can throw around. Well, Pollock didn't really start that well, and and then he got himself into yeah. the game. Wines went on ball, ball, off ball, inside, outside. They can yeah. just, as as we mentioned right at the start of the year, and, and a number of times throughout the year, because of the plays that they've brought in, it gives gave a lot of their other players a lot more flexibility to yeah. play on the halfback line or in the forward line. Have and a Thomas was good. There's no Nahas medal no, for him. I thought he, he was good. He, and he whatever, didn't kill anyone in the no, tackle too. Well, that's which the great. thing. And I, I I made a note about that. <laughs> 
He has still, he's always been aggressive at the ball. The coaching staff at Port Adelaide have honed in in his aggression and not going over the line. He went hard. It was a great hip and shoulder against Lewis, and he actually came off better. Lewis yeah. went to the ground, and he bounced back up. He took a couple of contested marks, he, a couple of really little deft touches and kicks that um, opened up a, a teammate to run on to. Yeah, I thought it was um, very good for Lindsay Thomas. I thought he was shot even though they picked him up this year. I didn't think he'd play AFL ever again. I'm a little bit concerned, speaking of Jordan Lewis, I'm a bit concerned by his pace in the modern game, in some of these games. He just gets outrun. Yeah, he's... And it, it is becoming a little bit of a concern. I think he needs a breather. I think he needs a week off. Um, I'll explain why when we talk about a game. In the preview. Oh, and, and, and a game later in the uh, okay. in this round. But, uh, yeah, look, it was an interesting game. Swings and roundabouts, back and forth. I mean, you know, there were points where Melbourne should have been way ahead and then points where um, Port should have been ahead. But clearly there were more points where, you know, Melbourne should have been ahead. Mm. I mean, with those sort of ridiculous numbers that we mentioned before. Uh, Robbie Gray, I still thought was great. Didn't, you know, his stats don't really kind of shoot the lights out, but I still think he was really impressive on the day as well. He was the game changer. You and I disagreed a little bit about, I didn't think he was that good, but when you need him, when you need him, he's clutch. Yeah, he he was clutch and that's why everyone wants him. It's that Steph Curry type thing, even when he has his down games. But he scores those 10 points in the last quarter when he's had none. And he'll still, he'll score from the car park. Like, that's the thing. It's, you know, he, he does have that clutch gene which not many athletes have and he does he's got it yeah he's ready he's, to take the game by the scruff of the neck scruff of the neck and go yeah. alright well I've got to make this happen I'll do it and it's I think just fifth, after you and I finished texting he, he was like he dropped he might have gone for a contestant mark didn't get it. Second, third, fourth efforts. Then yeah. got back into the game and then handed it off to someone who kicked a goal. And it's that type of stuff. I think it's just because of the way I look at the game. Like I, I don't look at the stats often during the game. I, I, I don't know. Viewing it, I still thought he was fantastic, and he, he is just clutch, and he does have that extra gear that a lot of players don't have. So, mm. but look, Ryder was really good on the day as well. We spoke a little bit about him before through the Essendon game. But look, he, he was fantastic. Um, he, he's you know, yeah, not many play, not many ruck get the better of Gorn, and he did. I think look, it was it was yeah, it was an interesting contest. I mean, I think Gorn had him covered at times, but then then I think so did Ryder. So I think it was I don't know who won out of the day. It's hard to tell because there's different elements out of it. I mean, you know, you can obviously make an argument pretty strong that it was poor because they won the game, but at the same time, but yeah, look, you know, for me, quality game. If you didn't see it, it's definitely worth watching. You know that they've clearly Porter are here for this year and. You know, they've, they've beaten a top four team now three times. So they've beaten Melbourne, Sydney, and Richmond. So mm. they were zero for zero. Uh, it's not zero for zero. There was zero against all top four teams last year. So mm. they, they all year last year, they didn't beat a top four team. So this year, they've done it that uh, uh, three times. And so. slowly but surely, Charlie Dixon's getting back into uh, his better, top yeah. flight. Yeah. Going for marks. Still it's like got an issue with kicking He's impacting goal, but... at least, yeah. He's such a massive unit. And I think they've basically said to him, look, if you're not able to do it, at least can you impact the contest? And that's, that's what he's doing. And he's doing things around the ground. But um, yeah, look, I mean, overall... It's it's hard because again it's sort of like the West Coast scenario. I don't you know I'm not I'm still not I still think Melbourne are a better side than last year. I'm not convinced that they are poor in big games, and that's that's the, still the knock on them that they're flat you know the flat track bully type scenario. And I get it. They lost to Collingwood on the big day 
you know, Queen's birthday. They have lost to some big teams. They lost to Geelong in that big game as well. So they clearly clearly have struggled against some massive sides. But I, I don't know whether I'm totally convinced on it yet. If it happens again, though, I would start to be, you know, in, in that um, belief because I just think for me it is starting to get towards that. But look, give them a benefit of the doubt for a little bit longer. But I just think, you know, they, they were able to do some good things through the year and they have ticked off a bunch of the sort of, you know, hoodoo type scenarios. But... Yeah, I, I still think um, I still think he's not great. Another one no. as well, Jonas versus Milksham, I thought was an amazing battle. That was that was one of the kind of interesting, you know, subplots of the game. And Milksham's really become a player, isn't he? I mean, he he looked great. Well, he's not a he hasn't he's nowhere near as far as he used to be. He maybe that's helped him. He um, less of a psycho now. Yeah, well, he was. He he would look, go off the deep end, constantly get reported or get fifty meter penalties against him. He's he's been able to hone in his anger, and he's one of those players. And I think he's one of the best in the combat. Is knowing what to do as soon as he marks uh, high on the sort of half forward line. He just knows to turn around and trust that he just kicks into space, and that's where he's for. It's like they've got set plays. If he takes a mark up on the forward uh, flank, mm. he just run. He just turns around on his right boot and kicks it into the pocket or to the middle, wherever that may be. And he just knows that players are going to hit there. And he did it two or three times yeah. throughout the game. Yeah, he's he's um he's got a very deft touch and understanding of the Melbourne game plan and also his awareness of what's going on around him. He's a very good player. The other thing too as well before we skip over to the next game was it was quite a physical game I thought from both teams but I thought Port set the standard early and I think that it's the right way to play Melbourne. I think if you're going to beat Melbourne you need to get really physical on them and Geelong did that earlier in the year and I think the teams that have been able to beat them have done that. Collingwood I think did it as well so I think you need to get a bit under their skin and I think most of talk to them pro- about going up to the snow and really kind of rev them up. Well, that's <laughs> it. When you look at it, they've got a lot of classy finesse players. They don't have a lot of yeah, champagne pla- types. Yeah, stuff. champagne yeah. footballers. And Not you look thinking about scrubbers. their well, you think about their grunt players. Their Milksham, probably. Yeah. But three that I think of are also their three old, probably their three oldest players: mm. Lewis, mm. Jones, yeah. And Bernie Vince. Well, the interesting. So then they, they, agree, they, they yeah. don't want to go hard. They they're too brittle. They might oh, break a bone. Then Achilles kill themselves. Yeah, exactly. Well, Never play often, again, so. often. Well, I think the thing that didn't help was Petrarca. Often can be that player, but he was way down on the night. I don't know what the deal yeah, was. He started with off really well in like that first five or ten minutes, and then, gets named. and then he yeah, got dropped I, off. I, think and I didn't know what was going, going on. on. Yeah, yeah. I'd be fascinating to see what happens with him. So we're recording this on Monday night, so we don't know whether he's going to play next week, but. Let's keep moving, but I think, look, 187 tackles for the night. It, this was a great game. It was, you know, tightly contested and, you know, 10 points. Another great season. Friday night game. That's it. And it was, was nice to see a really quality game. So, disposal efficiency on the night, 66 to 66. So, it shows you just how close it was on the night. Contested possessions, 158 to 177. So, again, Melbourne in the winning column there. Uncontested slightly ahead for Port, 182 to 176. Marks inside 50, 10 to 7. Clearances, 38 to 54. So, again, like, you know, if, if you said that Melbourne was going to get 54 clearances and, you know, 68 inside 50s before the game, you'd say, oh, well, they're, they're clearly going to win. Clearly going to but, win. But uh, not so much. It's all about what you do with it, not the uh, not the size. And I think it's it's a, a very much that scenario with Melbourne. And uh, I think they're... They're going to have to improve throughout the year at, at just being far more efficient. But it doesn't help that you've mm-hmm. got targets like Hogan that are so no, dangerous I, that are clearly way down from where they were four or five weeks ago. Yeah, I think their top four chances are blown now. Well, the lever thing, as soon as that happened, it, it felt 
very it felt very ominous didn't it as mm. soon as it happened it just felt oh yeah that's the moment we're going to lock back on and that's going to be when the the top four chances fell away and then they lose a you know elimination or a and they really shouldn't they, they, they'll, play, they'll make finals yeah, but yeah and, and I, I I struggle because they were winning games of football before he started having an impact and just because he started playing well and he's not I think it became there. part of their pieces and oh. then now they're, they're kind of struggling to get back to that other yeah, side yeah they probably need a couple other senior players that are on the injury list to come back in to fill that void like um, yeah. is it the other McDonald's still out isn't he yeah there's a few other things we can talk about yeah, that we'll in the preview talk about for the preview, next game because yeah. all, all teams are playing next week but yeah. yeah look really positive signs from Melbourne um, I, I think they're going to be fine yeah. but, but just a, fine. amazing positive signs from, from Port That's Port the thing. and they're at home now there can't be two winners but they, they look the, Melbourne still played really well on the night I thought Neil Bullen was really good as well we could really go on for hours but that's the thing. Like we've sort of gone a bit hard on Melbourne. There was a lot of quality moments through this game, and they were ahead for nearly ninety minutes. Like it was ridiculous. I guess like going longer back than to, a soccer match, they were ahead. So, so like, and, and because they've got such similar teams, as far as like they've got guys that can do this and guys that can do that, it was interesting. Like we talked about, Gray stood up when it mattered, but Hogan didn't. And they're the two players for both teams that you think are the ones that, if the game is on the line, mm. that they're the ones that are going to be the um, difference. That's but, it. And one did and one didn't. Well, that's it. One last takeaway as well, as I saw somebody wrote on Twitter, I can't remember, apologies, I'll, um, I just I just wrote it down in my notes. I was going to write it down, I saw it, and then I saw it and it re- reminded me to, to take it down. If you can't beat them, beat them up. And that's... Mm. Kind of what it felt like with Port. Because clearly on paper, I think Melbourne have got a slightly better side. But... Yeah, they've probably got a bit more polish on the outside. Yeah. But who cares? Port Adelaide, they don't polish, mate. If you ever been to Port Adelaide? Exactly. <laughs> no polish there. There's no polish here. Well, got, <laughs> Maybe they, some boot polish. Well, That's they, about got it. Ro- they got Robbie Gray now. Who's, yeah. uh, he's an ump. He's oh, got clutch in his veins. I was talking about their, their supporters. but That's true. <laughs> well, there was another assault in the, in the uh, crowd. So it's pretty stock standard. Stock yeah. standard. Another week, another assault. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's but... Like, um, look, starting to stand like Crenshaw. Uh, that's it. But um, no, look, good game. Really good game. Yeah, if you missed this game, really worth watching. And we really could go deeper, but we better um, we better keep moving. And I reckon we might see these two play out from the finals again. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a final. And we'll talk a bit more about these two teams in the preview, obviously, because everybody will be back next week. Yeah. Down in Tasmania on the Saturday first of the Saturday games, Hawthorne beat West Coast. Pretty comprehensively beat next the, game. the Gaurel Coast, not the West Coast, another coast. Yeah, another coast. 96 to 43, 53 points. Pretty rubbish game. There's really not much to talk about out of this game. We're probably going to skim through so this one. Gunson got knackered before the game started. Like, literally, in the warm-up, got hit in the cods. Yeah, so what? Well, well, we can cover that in the preview, but it sound, is he going to... Do you think he's going to play next week? Yeah, he'll be fine. You think he's going to play? Okay. Well, he came back on. So, it, it hurt their structure right at the start. So, they lost... So, yeah, Seg, so he Segler, copped it in the... In the, in the ghoulies. In the sea yeah, didn't yeah. he? Got, had an extra testicle for a second. Has he had kids yet? No, no, I want to hurry up. No, I want to hurry up. So yeah, what well, didn't look good, but um, lot, lots of all the interesting things about this game. Funnily enough, were all Hawthorne, not to be biased, and they're all no, outside of the actual game. I don't game. go for Hawthorne. That's so true. there was so there's two players. If nobody was up, I don't blame you not no, having no listeners. Unless you were Hawthorne, if you no. were, and if you're not a Hawthorne supporter, you wouldn't have been paying attention. So. Two Hawk players, McAvoy and Piopolo, were expectant dads. Piopolo actually didn't fly in until that morning. Oh, really? Segler was a late withdrawal. This so, is far more interesting than the game, by the way. Yeah, much more interesting. So they <laughs> ended up playing. So McAvoy played, Segler didn't. So Tim O'Brien came in 
and Piobley came in late and he played his game. But then, yeah, Gunston got injured before in the warm-up. So mm. he sat on the bench at the start. So that stuffed up their normal structures. And then when he came back on, he got uh, knocked in the calf right. and got really hurt there. So he was <clears> off <throat> again, hurt structures, and then they had to readjust. And that's why he went kind of forward, mm. even though they needed him in the back and blah, blah, no, blah. Well, they probably did it to give him a bit of a rest. Whereas, well, they're yeah. playing Jedi next week. Yeah, so he kicked three, he kicked three goals yeah. um, and was pretty influential. So I can't see why he wouldn't uh, play on next week, especially no, considering we go up to yeah, playing a big game up in Spotless. So Well, that's it. And yeah, look, it's a great time to hit, hit the Giants. So we'll get into that soon. Uh, we'll get into that soon. So yeah, really quickly, uh, Hawthorne were nothing really to, excited to talk about. No, the um, next two games they really n- should have won by unbelievable amount. Seventy eight for the points, first yeah. time I can remember a game in Launceston where there was no wind or rain or both, and both teams just. Yeah, but just cold, not yeah, all three. No, and I'm not saying kicking from in pockets. Like if that's where all the marks were for kicking goal, yeah, it might be inaccurate. Mm. I counted 13 kicks from both teams, and there's more than that. Wow. From directly in front or five degrees off, 20 to 40 meters out, wow. all, all missed. All missed. Mm. Horrible game. I'm glad it wasn't on Fredo Air. No, and, not here it wasn't. And yeah, and look, Gold Coast played better footy in that. First quarter, they should have been up by about five or six goals. Yeah, so that's the other thing too. So let's let's go into this game. So if mm. you did miss this, I think Hawthorne started a little bit lethargically. Two goals, one to three goals, four, and then half time score five seven to three six. I sorry. think Hawthorne thought they were actually on the Gold Coast on a holiday. Well, why wouldn't you against this piece of the shit sun team? was out in Tassie? <laughs> well, no, but to be fair, against this ridiculous yeah. team, I mean that's but yeah, Gold Coast as they always do fell away. So Gold Coast score at. at um, Quarter time three four and then half time three six and then three quarter time three nine so so they broke nothing, one hoodoo they one, broke one hoodoo by they finally got something in the, in the fourth. fourth yeah so what, but they didn't two, kick a goal two for goals two quarters fours not really kind of amazing but it's better than zero yeah. or one point no so five so thirteen they finished with so final score thirteen eighteen to five thirteen so look Hawthorne here's the takeaways Hawthorne should have won by a lot more but look they nearly won by ten goals so I don't think need to worry. Too much Gold Coast to bake. So they kicked five goals throughout the day. Lynch is, I think, very much gone. And Taylor Dre could Taylor get Taylor Dre took, took, I was just about to say, <laughs> Taylor Dre took a mind-blowing mark. Um, they didn't, didn't miss the fucking goal. Also, also something more exciting than the game, Isaac Smith drove the bus. Yes. How about that? So I wrote, Izzy Smith in my notes, drove the bus. Drove the bus, but didn't about that? only took his favourites with him. Oh, okay. Only yeah. Took yeah. Little, little so moments. yeah, Sissa is not on the favourite list because he had to walk to the ground. Oh, the Sisla. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Burgoyne got injured, so it looks like he's not going to be playing. Well, he's definitely well, be out for two I, or three I, weeks. Hey. Yeah, they hit. They get the scan results back tomorrow, and regardless, I think he misses this week. Any unless it's absolutely hundred percent, nothing wrong with it. Um, because it is a crunch game coming up, I think they rest him and look at the big picture for the rest of the year. Because I think they all think, and Hawthorne's got the one of the easier runs home. We still got some tough games. No, they got a pretty good run home, yeah. But you I got think some they've shit got shit teams in the back. Shit yeah. team, yeah, and but not a lot of games at the MCG. Anyway, there's a high chance that they could be playing finals this year. So risk. Well, they'll make a call after. Um, I guess we'll see what happens with GWS and whether. 
Jeremy Cameron's are only out, and if they bring in some injured players, who knows? I, I think he he's gets fine. rest. I think he's fine, but I think they rest. Be nice to have him against GWS, though. But anyway, yeah, he's silk for a reason. But yeah, that's I no, no more takeouts for the game. For no, me. look, it was a pretty rubbish game. Rubbish game. I, I think the, the <laughs> thirteen eighteen is obviously bad accuracy from Hawthorne, but. They did what they had to do, 5-13 Suns uh, cooked. Yeah, look, it's very worrying signs. 9,000 people at the game is not great as well. But, look, I kind of... I, I Yeah, I kind of follow the, the argument for, I have for a long time that Tasmania needs its own team that it can identify yep. with and grow with. Not, Absolutely. Not or, kind of ride the gauntlet of... Gauntlet, the kind of, you know, whatever mm. the word is, truck or whatever, yeah. for Hawks, but, yeah. Or, Bandwagon if, if, if the, the AFL are not willing to go down that path... They won't. It needs to be North Hawthorne twice a year. Mm. Like the interstate teams play each other and get this fierce rivalry happening between Launceston and, and Hobart. That's the only way I can see it starting to really build, which then will lead into down the track a Tassie team. Oh, but they want to spend they want to spend two hundred million dollars on the Gold Coast. Of course, not not uh, probably half that, and actually have a Tassie team right yeah. now that probably have thirty five thousand members. And th- just a sidetrack: if the AFL can convince the Chinese, more exciting. The Tassie is the place for agriculture. Guess they, who else? They will throw so much money in that company, uh, into that state. Well, another Asian country, Jap- Japan. Guess who else makes amazing whiskey? Tassie. Tassie. Oh, they could. They got it. There you go. Bing. Bing. Bing bong. Bing. Bing. There can be a nice uh, connection there, but no. Look, rubbish old game. Oh. Uh, Shields was good. Amira fine. Bruce very good. Two goals, three. Impy, Olympi, Impy kind well, of. Well, we found there. a found a good spot for him off the half back now. So yeah. don't know what Bertil does when he gets back. But. Sam Day for the Gold Coast did his shoulder, so I think he's going to be out for pretty much the season. Uh, our mate Lions that you always forget exists. He was fine. We stretch, we clutch at straws now. Many straws. I think yeah. we keep moving. Could, so, ga- could gain. If you've got any questions for us, hit us up, AFL Deep Dive on social media or email us, AFL Deep Dive at gmail.com. If you want to know anything about this game, you're just sick watch in a, the head. Just watch the replay and force So, it. inside 50s, 57 to 42. Gold Coast got a couple of times, but not very good. But I feel like no we're running co- through it. But it's a rubbish old game, wasn't it? It was. I shouldn't feel bad, should I? All right, now let's forget it. Let's keep moving. So I'd rather deep dive into the other game, a couple of the other games. We could deep dive into Tasmanian football. Yeah. Next game, Gabba, Brisbane Lions, 82 points to 109. GWS won by 27 points. Well, again, Brisbane had an opportunity to... That was a good game. It was fine. Moments. It was fine, yeah. Lots of... To- well, put it this way. Well, good for talking, talking points. points. Yeah, yeah. Not, not for football. No, well, it would have been good if Brisbane had a one. We still had an opportunity to. They just, again, just don't know how to uh, take it on and and, and bring home the chocolates. Bring home the biscuits. I, look, clearly the mate, let's get the elephant out of the way. The big thing out of this is old mate Cameron and how many weeks he's going to get for that hit. So I'm sure we're going to have a a a Twitter poll on that. Oh, hold on. There was a hundred polls going on. I, I, didn't, I didn't end up throwing one up. But, I mean, look, here's the reality. He's clearly going to get... He's going to get a month minimum. If he gets one or two weeks, that is unbelievable. If he gets three, I would say that's a little bit disappointing as well. If he gets four, I would start to say, look, that starts to become right. If he gets five, I would say, yeah, that's probably fair enough. If he gets six, I would say, depends yeah, what, a little bit much, but okay. Well, it depends what the... Seven and above. Well, well he's well, bleeding in the brain. Yeah, so, so that, that medical, yeah, It's going to have a massive impact on it, they reckon. Well, he's, uh, he's, Which is what they do now. Yeah, so the two... Brisbane didn't actually say this has been a bit. They've been a bit misquoted. I saw it's, it's more like four weeks that Harris Andrews is going to be out for. So not not ideal. 
clearly, no. um, and hopefully he's starting he's to okay, play some pretty so. good football and getting some continuity he's a good in that player. team. Oh. Yeah, he's very good. So final score twelve ten to sixteen thirteen. So we will we'll cover the Cameron thing a bit more tomorrow because we are going to record a bonus episode yeah. tomorrow. Through this game, look, I mean Hodge tried. Brisbane had their chances, but GWS were always a little bit ahead, and it never felt like, to me. It never felt like Brisbane were ever going to win for me. It never, oh, no, I never. There was it, never a point where it felt like they were legitimately. They didn't get close win. enough, and because they haven't had that ability or shown the ability to actually get within striking distance and go from there. Well, I G- never thought they were no. strike of it in distance ever. But a good game is when someone's able to strike, and that never felt like it. So quarter time, three two to five two. So GWS led at every break, four four to eight four. Three quarter time, seven six to ten nine. Fourth quarter, twelve ten to sixteen thirteen. So they were ahead at every break. You know, look, eleven marks, thirty disposals. Luke Hodge was really impressive on the day. Yeah, he was my heat check. Beams, he, he just keeps going. You know, ten twenty seven. McLuggage. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, the big, the thing for me, as soon as Brisbane lost Cameron and a bunch of these players, I, I thought that's that's it for me. They they they, they were all, always only ever going to bank a few more wins from here. But that really cooked them. That that I mean, Cameron was you can I I think I thought at that stage he was probably recruited a year and yeah, even though he wanted to come there. But lo- losing him, mate, yeah, that, makes it a bit harder to oh, yeah score. So much class, and, yeah, yeah, so much class, and he's such a great target, and he's you know, he's a really good lead as well. But anyway, look, I think we'll we'll start with the winners as we generally do. Kelly is I think. Starting to get towards being back. Two goals, one thirty disposals, five tackles, twenty-one. Yeah, he's kicks. elite. He, he's clearly an elite player. Thought she was probably one of the better games I've seen Shaw play in a while. I thought he was impressive as well. Old mate Skinny Whitfield was good. Yeah. Taranto was good. The ball was good. Old mate Shield fine. It was probably Patton's best game in ages. Three goals, two, but again, again, against not a great. Team and then also Harris Andrews went out early-ish through the game, so yeah. you know quality defender means Patton gets a bit off yeah. the chain. Ward and was through Brisbane well. structure. Oh so, yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. I mean, all the talk's been about the injury. It, it affected the game. Game. Like, had Harris Andrews still been playing, does Patton um, get on the end of any of it? Do, do they no, re- yeah. rebound? Yeah, I thought Himmelberg was good as well. You know, quality player. Look, they, they've got enough there. DeBoer, I, I still think's been really good. Hopper, you know. Look, yeah, Cameron, I don't don't know if he kind of paid his due. So this is... Let, let, let's park the game for a second. So the, the main thing for me out of the injury as well with Harris Andrews and the Cameron Holston, and we'll, we'll talk about the result tomorrow, but something I want to talk about now is... So GWS, they have a real predicament. So they're sitting in a really delicate position in the ladder. So they're sitting at... Tenth, they've won seven games as we spoke about at the start, and they've got a half a game out of ha- half a game, and they've got one hundred and thirteen percent. So clearly not great, right? They've had some key injuries. I get that, and things just haven't particularly worked for them this year, and we've gone through that all year as to why. Now their run, I mean, there's no time you should ever try to kill a player. That that that's obviously never yeah, it's never pretty great. Out, pretty much out of the game. Pretty much out. Pretty much no good. But. I mean, regardless, especially when your team really, really needs you. So right now, where GWS is sitting, we've just spoken about, they've got Hawthorne next week at Spotless, as we just mentioned before in the last game. Then they have to play the coast of the Western variety in Optus. And then Richmond. Yep. And then they've got Richmond, not great, at Spotless. And Richmond won there last year as well. 
and then they've got Port over there in at Adelaide Oval, and then they got the Saints, so they get a bit of reprieve. But then again, it, it's not their run home is actually not. They've got one of the hardest amazing. runs home. So they got St Kilda and then Carlton. So two weeks of, of a bit of you know easier games because clearly by that back end they'll be struggling. Yeah. But then they've got Adelaide and Canberra, and Which, I mean who knows what's going to happen there. And then, they've got the, and then they've got the Harbour game. And then they've got the Battle of the Bridge or the No Bridge that doesn't go that direction. If you've ever lived in Sydney, it's a stupid name. Yeah. So, I mean... It's Battle of the Car Park, really. Battle, <laughs> Battle, of, the, Battle of the Rich and Poor. But the, <laughs> Rich, yeah. Well, to be it fair. Is, it is true. But, but yeah, look. But here, here's, here's the reality of it, though. It was as disgusting, clearly, in terms of what happened. Like, obviously, like, really you know, horrible stuff. You never want to see it. It was in the contest... But everything around it was terrible and the optics and blah, 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 blah. I get that, I get that. But the other thing too that, that was made me just pretty much as annoyed was where this team is at and how bad the timing is in terms of where they are on the cusp of the eight trying to get as many wins as they can yeah. to scrape together a finals appearance. They're clearly not going to get... You know, I don't think they're going to make a prelim like they have the last two years. That would be very unlikely. But at least scrape together a finals appearance and then who knows. But now they've made it a little bit harder for themselves. Very much harder for themselves. A very much harder for themselves. Not a little bit, a lot, sorry. And I, I think... Look, the reality is that that was a massive part of it for me. So anyway, that that's all I wanted to say is that I, I just think that the timing of it could not have been any worse. No. Considering, yeah, they finally got the majority of their midfield back, and, mm. and that midfield at the moment is arguably. And they got Green the back next week, which is good, but at the same time, is he the lock in for next? It sounds very likely he's going to play. Oh, then that who cares? Cameron can get stuffed. No, I still think it's I still think it's pretty bad. I still think that that's another target that takes a defender or two and and can make some. I look like oh yeah, of course. It's really really. Green's I still think it's poor. Green's oh definitely, but Green. I don't doubt that. I At don't least, doubt I, that. I was, but they're I playing was, some very good sides that have some very good defenders. I was, I was more concerned about how are they going to kick goals because Patton has been off all year. Cameron has when he's played. Is Patton going to be good, good again though? He's only had one really one yeah. or two good. Whereas weeks. Green, you can almost. He's just coming back though. That's the thing. Kelly is an A grade player. It took him two to three weeks to get back to the level. Viney is a joke. It took him a couple of weeks in the BFL and a couple of weeks in AFL to get ready. This game is so fast and so hectic, it's really hard to come in and immediately impact. I'd be so surprised if Green against quality opposition like Hawthorne and then Richmond and West Coast and all these teams they have to oh, play yeah. is going to come in and belt it. I just don't see it. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Then, who knows? Who but knows, I still think yeah. that clearly the, the optics of the, you know, the timing is, is horrific. You know, yeah. clearly there's never a good time to murder somebody and go out for a month plus. No, it's very not. It's but not this good. is this is no. the worst Tell time me. we could have done it. Oh, absolutely, they'll be dirt. The uh, Leon Cameron and the coaching panel will be really Feral. dirty about about this happening at this time of there year. There was no need to do it. They no. were probably almost certainly going to win this game. I know it ended up being. And well, good, good on Brisbane for getting as close as they did. Yeah. But it, they were almost certainly going to win this game. All to do had, something like that was so unnecessary. Oh, yeah, and people go, oh, he was protecting himself. But he was much higher. He All he had to do was lift exactly. his arms like he was going for the mark and he would have been fine. I heard so. people on the radio today trying to make out that it was Harris's fault. I thought, you far out. Me, yeah, yeah right. and Kennedy shot himself. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how it works. Yeah, so, yeah. Anyway. But, um, before we uh, move any 
further forward. Um, the reason I got excited about this game, heat check, yeah, bit of Hodgie time. Hodge, Hodge style. Um, <laughs> he was awesome. Now, this will be Hawthorne porn. There no, no, no. No, it was he, really good. He's 410 years old or something ridiculous and uh, got around, got 30 touches at 93% efficiency, wow. took 11 marks. He actually was like Hodgie of five, six years ago, Ultimate Warrior. And it was I, his it was best game for the club. Very, yeah, it was probably the best game in two years. Yeah. Uh, it, it did make you think. <laughs> having the week maybe off. Hawthorne, he should still be there, but anyway. Uh, yeah, who knows? But um, look, it, it's a good sign when he's playing like that. The younger kids are watching what needs to get done. So yeah. I think it's going to galvanise Brisbane. Obviously, they still didn't get a win, so there's no excuses anymore for them. We all know that. The coach is not making any excuses for them for being a young team or any of that type of no. stuff. They're just like they've got to win. They've got to win a game of football, and I think they've got some winnable games towards the very end of the year. Yeah, which might look the make their year look better than it currently is because they're better than a one-win team. That's for sure. We all know that. We've said that all year. But if you you can be that good, like Melbourne were the better team on the night if you talk about percentage in front, but they didn't win the game. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to pencil in Hodgie there because he's probably not going to have another game like that for the rest of the year. And probably not another game like that for the rest of his career because this... Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see if he plays on next year. I got a funny feeling he'll do a Sam Mitchell and proper retire because I think there's enough belief in that young midfield and the team overall. Well, he's got a coaching offer in his contract. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. So I think they might just um, issue that straight away. And then then him and Sam Mitchell will uh, take over from Clarko. Probably. At all four. And then Clarko. And Clarko will go to the busted ass. He'll go to St. Kilda somewhere and rebuild him and win another flag. And win a flag, yeah. I yeah so looking look, that's a big crystal ball there. <laughs> that, was, that was a large window into the future. But look look honestly though they they were a, a key person down so good on Brisbane but at the same time it is another game that they 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 lose by a shorter margin and we say it every, almost yeah. every week. So disposal efficiency seventy eight to seventy five so Brisbane were actually slightly more efficient it was just you know Jedebus did a little bit more with it. Um, contested, uncontested, you know, really weren't sort of too far apart. 115 to 135 contested, uncontested, 284 to 238. Marks inside 59 to Massive. 15. So that there's there's the difference, and that's the evidence of doing more with it. So six more in uh, clearances, 39 to 33. So more tackles. Ahead in the clearances, yeah. So that's the thing. I mean, when you start to dig through it, it gets a little bit... It's all the, but inside small... 50 is 59 to 60. So, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know... They, they, but without shooting like, accuracy, but yeah. without quality targets, I mean that's the biggest, biggest difference. issue. Yeah. Is that you know, and Patton actually seemed to be on. So they had Patton and they had Cameron, and then the couple of their mids bobbed up as well. So they actually had the ability. That's the thing. So Patton three two, Cameron three one. So back a couple of years ago when Chitibus were really blaring it, they had these two always kicking kind of six seven goals generally between them, which makes a massive difference when you've got two guys that are going to always. Post up 40, 50 points. It makes a huge, huge, Round huge difference. Round North. Exactly. Darling and Kennedy at West, West Coast. Coast. Yeah. For sure. So, I mean, that, that's the thing. You know, Griffin kicked 2-1 two, two, and so did Kelly, 2-1. So, to get that return from two of your midfielders to get um, four goals, two is quality. But, yeah. you know, you look at the targets that they had up forward for um, Brisbane. You know, I mean, look at their, their forward line. Hipwood, Bailey, McKerney. I mean, Hip, Hipwood's going to be a player. But the big but, problem is he's just so young. And that's what Cameron added was he's he's got that maturity he's a little bit older he's just he's seen it he's played in the grand final he's played in quality teams they won a minor premiership 
he's you know that's the thing he's had so much quality delivery mm. from that Adelaide midfield when they're up and about as well so I'm, I, I don't know I think the thing for me is that they're going to really struggle I think from here but look Rainer's going to learn a lot of lessons as well he's a quality you know I know not every number one draft pick is going to be amazing but he looks like he's really he's... going to be a player yeah, Zorko's, you know, he's doing his best in the captaincy role, and I think it's it's clearly really freed up Beams, who had a really good game as well. So look, there's there's some interesting talking points out of the game, but yeah, probably not too much more. We're really repeating ourselves. We both tipped GWS, and I think we ended up saying GWS by sort of twenty or thirty points. So it ended up being basically that. So mm. um, I'm happy to keep moving. Moving on, are. yeah, yeah. Look, I was um, just wanted to get it in there before we got really into the game no, no, of the round. No. Next game, yeah, definitely one of the better games of the round for sure. Certainly with the Port Melbourne game, Etihad Stadium, Western Bulldogs versus North Melbourne, seventy-five to seventy-seven. North Melbourne by two points. Big game. Big game. Great game. So these. These last sort of four or five games from these two sides, not even a goal has separated them. Mm. So, <laughs> and, and if you like this one, guess what, people? They play again in the, later in the year. Well, they should have played on um, Good Friday, but anyway, yeah. that's another story. So, look, th- this was a really good game, and so let, let's run through the scores. This kind of tells the story quite a bit. So, Western Bulldogs 2 1 to 1 1, and then at halftime 6 3 to 3 3, and then 8 7 to 8 5. So, all of a sudden, it's like, holy shit, it's on three quarters time, and then 11 9 to 12 5. So, it, tell you what, I mean, so let, let, again, let's kind of get the end out of the way. So, Mitch Wallace kicked it out on the full, and then from there, dogs wise, it just completely fell apart. And it, it was just it was just unbelievable. Like, it, it was an incredible you, finish if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it makes you, mate, makes you wonder where the doggies really are. I think that epitomizes their whole season so far they, oh, they, they have this opportunity close, not close enough yeah. and Mitchell everyone goes oh why didn't you just do that short 10 there was another player off screen that was in the middle just inside the 50 uh, he had two options to go for for players and he made the wrong decision and that comes with the fact that they're not winning games of football because yeah. they do not know it's where to go from there their and confidence the structure, and structure and, and poise as well and he, he probably just went here's another reason not to keep me at the dogs let well, me go a, yeah, well, that's it's it's interesting. I mean, like the boundary was probably not the worst decision, but it looked like he did it on purpose. Like he he angled it directly for the boundary. Like yeah. it was just. It was, I get what he was trying to do, but look, Bevo gave him a massive backing after the game. The media heard it, and he kind of got a bit annoyed that they, they'd heard it. But when you're two one to one one six three to three three eight seven eight five, you're letting North slowly sneak sneak back. To finally get to 11, 9, 12, 5. I mean, that's yeah. about as frustrating as it can be. We'll talk about it. So let's look at it from a, a couple of different ways. So we'll start with North. I mean, I know Dogs led for a lot of the game. But let, let's start with the winner. So North, I mean, look, Higgins is a freak. And it, it, it clearly seems like, I mean, he ended up having such an unbelievable game. I mean, it looks like he could be... A, and this year's Brownlow is very interesting. Probably one of the more interesting years for a long time. Yeah. Fife's out, but you and I always thought Freo probably wouldn't win enough games for him to win it anyway. But who who, knew, who knows? But he's out anyway. He's so anyway, so he's out. Dangerfield's clearly had a much lower season, so he's he's not, no, he not going to win it. No, he won't enough. No. So, um, Cripps has Dangerfield's 
No, Crips is exactly, playing at Carlton. Not enough games, no. Not so, enough games, but arguably, along with five, the best two midfielders in the comp. Correct, yeah. So the, the thing with the brand is it can be surprises here and there. You can you can be a Cooney or, you know, who knows. Oh, Cooney or a... What's his name Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. But the, the, big, the big thing with it is this year, we're clearly... I, well, look, I, I still... My, uh, funny as how I, I pick Mitchell, because it looks like... I, I threw that out of a hat in a large degree. Yeah. But it looks like he might actually should have put money on it because he was a long way odds-wise out. But regardless of that, um, someone knew he's going to win it. And Higgins is, is actually, I think... I saw somebody say as this long on as he Twitter, doesn't get rubbed and I out. thought, oh, come on. But I looked through it, and it, he, he, he is a serious chat. And we have written him in the notes a bunch of times, just a couple of times we just haven't had time to talk about him. Yeah. But we have to this week because he was fantastic. I mean, the, the big the big thing through the game was North just hung in there. They, again, like that port, you know, thing I was saying before and that they were just mature. They, they, and that patience, just keep pushing at it, keep yeah. pushing at it, keep pushing at it. They're going to tire out. Dogs have tired out all year. The second half they'll tire out. They must have said that at three quarter time. If I'm um, Brad Scott, I would have said they keep fading away, they keep fading away. They're going to get there. They're going to get there. Just keep pushing, keep pushing. And it worked. It worked. They yeah. got there in the end and that's the thing. I know it was a bit of a miracle in the end but the dogs were clearly fatiguing in the back end of the game. You can clearly see it. So for me, I mean, you know, but this was a great game overall. I mean, both teams were playing the one percenters really well. Goldstein, was, he struggled in the very last five, ten minutes. Just He was gassed. That's because he's He's been running 400 million miles mm. for the day, but his pressure out. He was were, amazing. He oh, was easily his best Goldstein game. far out. I mean, he missed a couple of marks later, which didn't help, but, I mean, he, he tried his heart out. But, look, you know, from a North perspective, I thought the only thing I thought, you know, Marley Williams, I thought at times, he just doesn't look AFL-ready in these kind of very fast-paced games, and the Dogs play a really fast high-pressure game, and it did expose him a little bit. But generally speaking, I mean, Ben Brown is a superstar. You know, he, he marks just so high. He leads so, so well. You know, North just tough it out. And, God, you know, you've got to love you've got to love watching this side. I mean, you've got to love just going to the footy and watching Ben Brown. He, he's a joke. He's just, he's such a good player. How he got how he missed out and, you know, ended up playing for, for Werribee and ended up coming through, through the back door into AFL is just ridiculous. Like... He's an unbelievable player. So, but Cunnington, you know, again, again super overlooked. Um, you know, look, it, it was a fantastic game, and and Daw looks like a genuine player, and that's exciting. He made a couple of errors, but he's he's, he's still, still learning. learning yeah. But but he he looks like that. You know, they play he's an AFL ready now. Like he yeah. looks like he belongs, which he didn't for the last couple of years. So I mean he's he's twenty seven, but I mean he's still got, got a few four, more years, five, yeah. six, eight years in front of him. I mean he's doesn't get injured, so that helps. And obviously he's got a physique of a, a Greek god, so yeah. that's probably gonna help him uh, continue to play at a high level as well. But they just keep doing just enough to keep everyone at arm's length in the eighth for that eighth spot. Yeah. I, I worry for North's run home, and we'll talk more. It's about not it. amazing, yeah. They've Which got we a will talk about. Very tough run home, so they've bonus got a, episode they've got tomorrow. A, yeah, yeah, they've got to bank as many wins as they can. Um, well, that's why Hawthorne is such a threat. I've been yeah. saying it for weeks, but yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, Brown. He all the all their guns did what they needed to do. Obviously, Zebel at the was fitting to win, kick the winning goal. He's mm. he's been a revelation up forward. It means he hasn't had to do a lot. Lot of the grunt work in the middle, which has brought in some more players. Jed yeah. Anderson had another very good game. It was a bit unfortunate for Billy Hartung. Got, Hartung yeah, came in yeah. late um, and then did his hemi. <laughs> he's like, I probably should have not played. No. Yeah. So anyway, 
Yeah, they were, they were good though. They um not exceptional, and uh, maybe the the season is going to be too long for North. Well, yeah, well, we'll we, wait won't, we won't you know sing the funeral just yet. No, 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 I, no, I think, not, not funeral. No, 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 but yeah, the the, black, the doggies haven't yeah. been a very good team all year. And but this was the best game that they've played. Yeah, Jaha's had in an a long, game. long, long time. Yeah, it wasn't so, just the Bont show. No, no, no. So let, let's pivot into the dogs. That that's a good way to do it. So I wrote down in my notes. Caleb Daniel, I think I got a bit excited, but I wrote down Caleb Daniel is our Isaiah Thomas. So if you go to YouTube, <laughs> look up Isaiah Thomas, Boston Celtics highlights or something. So he's this like tiny guy, he got picked up, we don't know who he is. He, um, he's like zero foot tall. He's five got, foot eight. Five, there you go. So yeah. he got picked up um, last in the draft. He's this minuscule unit, just like um, Caleb Daniel. And there was a couple of moments where he did like just some ridiculous stuff. So he, he, he had one of his better games as well, you know. Gow is, is we've said him a bunch of times. You know he's just such quality. Boyd played with a, a busted finger, yeah. which um, I think a lot of he's people a, forgot through the game. He really tried. And, had like I mean, a tree keeping his leg together. Well, he had to go up against Goldstein as well early on, which is tough. But um, yeah, yeah, look, I think North. Crozier uh, was pretty good as well. Crozier good as well, but you know North just stuck it out through the game, and, and the fatigue got them in the end because the dogs were just gassed by the end. They had to do so much. But look, I I I, re- I thought they were great and. It's it's sad that I think Wallace is probably going to get remembered for that last little bit, but he was actually not bad through most of the game. Yeah, um, Marcus Adams as well just keeps trying. I wrote that a couple of times in my notes. Like he just keeps pushing. You know, he's one of those players that he's a fabric sort of player. That you know, that's a bit yeah. of a cliche, but he does. Just try and try and try, and that's all you want. Like he's yeah, just... Mitch Wallace. He was actually very, very. good. He was. That's he had, the thing. He had three clangers. One it of them sucks. was the worst clanger. It, was the, of the it year. cost them the game. It cost them four points, but literally. He had, but he had five. Had somebody taken a mark, there would have been about forty seconds left. Yeah, four clearances, two tackles, goal, twenty-five disposals. Yeah. Um, Fourteen of them were contested at eighty percent. So no, you can't. Yeah, on, anyone who blames him for that loss is very, very harsh. harsh. Yeah. Um, I think there was a lot of other things that happened and. Obviously, North needed everything to go right. He made a split decision choice to kick it out or try to get it out to run down the clock, which, heat of the moment, you go, oh, yeah, sounds like a good idea. Yeah. If there's 10 seconds left. But when there's 20 in a bit, that's enough time to get it from one end to the next. Yeah, and that's the thing. Dogs, dogs took the chance. So that they clearly trained for that at Dogs. North took the North chance, chance in it. Yeah, that's the thing. They... The other thing too, Dalhouse and he's won 50th, 15, uh, 14 of his 15 disposals uh, were 100% efficient. So, I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Like, he's he, he's very good. And you know, We're talking I, about two players that are likely to leave. To leave, they, yeah, that's what they're they're not going to Yeah, but that's, they're, they're, they're still genuine players. They obviously no, no, like white fever and they get over the line and go, all right, I'm going to do my best for my team. And yeah, but it definitely wasn't, as you said, it definitely wasn't just the Bond show. You know, I thought Hunter was good as well. Adams, we've spoken about Dunkley. Like that, that's a thing. So look, this was a really good game, and it it was, it must have just been from from a dog's perspective. Watching this game would have been pretty heartbreaking because they oh. held it for so long. A la the Melbourne Port. Yeah, the, the, ironically, the two best games of the round kind of fell exactly the same way. Yeah. In that it was just you know a team that you know basically held it for so, so long, long, eventually fell fell away and. And um and lost it in the end because North start was not great one one and you know neither of the teams started that well I mean two one to one one there was just so much pressure early I mean I just think that no one could score because it was just such a lockdown yeah. it was that you know a lot of the sort of things that people have issues about 
when it comes to the modern game and too much lockdown. But look at the way this game ended. It was unbelievable. Once it fatigued, yeah. and I, I get it, that the players nowadays are fatiguing later than they used to. And I, I, I completely subscribe to that because it's, it's a fact. Mm. You can see it. It wasn't until really halfway through the fourth quarter that the dogs fell away. And they're a bottom side. Yeah, That's the thing. They're well out of the eight. Right. So that's the thing. I mean, that's this... this this game is, is, is not as cooked as we think it is. So the, big, the big thing is that, I get it, players now are struggling to, to sort of compete at a much later stage through the game. And as a result, there's more lockdown in a game compared to what there used to be. I, I think that's a big reason why yeah. they're trying to bring in a bunch of these new rules. But that's something we'll go into tomorrow. But And if you've got elite runners that have got huge um, injuries, they're... They, they, a, and so uh, many teams have them now. Yeah, you've got to have, Look at the kilometres that get run every week. That's the other thing too. The kilometres. So back in the day, you'd see you know Shane Crawford and people like that that would run Louis Harvey, yeah, Harvey Megan, as well. But that, that's that was that freaks. was an uncommon thing. That mm. was not a normal thing. Nowadays, if you look at the now, it's good with the Telstra data tracker. Not to give a shout out to Telstra, it just made me think of it from the stupid television coverage. But the, the, the you see the, the we finally get the bloody GBS numbers from the clubs. Gee, thanks, amazing access. You watch NBA and then you watch this, and it's like basically like lockdown. Yeah, it's no interviews. Not, like, you're in Russia. Or... Basically, it comes across like that. But anyway, we finally get access to the GBS numbers. Thanks, clubs. Yeah, but anyway, it matters. Yeah, exactly. Like anyway. But now you look at it, and how many players are running over 13, 14Ks? Heaps of them. Heaps of them, yeah. So anyway, but look, it's it. Let's we'll, we'll keep going into the game, but it is something that it. I still, I, even though, like this is the thing. I guess the point I'm making is that even though the fatigue came late, it didn't bother me. It actually, I still really enjoyed this game. It was I didn't great. Get to the end of the game and think, oh, gee, there was too much pressure, and I'd forgotten about the first quarter by the time it got to the fourth. Yeah, or and, the third. And, and as you mentioned. Uh, has been come, it's become one of those games that you get look for you look forward to because for the last couple of years they've both uh, they've both been teams close, have yeah. come to the party and, and gone you know what let's it's have a it's the last four or five if not more <laughs> yeah but it's quite a few that these guys have just been ridiculously close they just constantly have close games and all, and all, it's if these were t- if they were two bigger supporter clubs oh. you'd hear about it more often it's a it's a bugger being a an AFL fan that this game is not talked up more by the clubs and, and in the media because they continually to bring the best out in each other and have these ripping games of footy to watch, which, especially this time of year, when there starts to be a, a break from the teams that are going to pl- potentially play finals and the teams that are, are out, if those teams play one another, you go, hmm. But these two teams do the opposite. One's going to play finals, or potentially, and the other's cooked. Buzzard ass. Well, <laughs> Yet they still... Um, no, they still turn up a great, great game. game. And I think these two teams match up against each other and they both play Eddie Head really well and they almost always played Eddie Head, obviously from a crowd perspective. It wasn't a great crowd on the night. It wasn't terrible though, so especially for Was it about twenty one or something there? Uh no, I think it was a little bit higher than that. I can look that up in a second. But yeah. look, good game, but uh, yeah, I mean I think I'm not you know, North managed to sneak the win. They struggled through a lot of the game. I don't think there's any need for panic stations or anything like that. I think I get what you're saying. I think, no, actually you were right, 26,000. So much closer to 20 than I thought. I thought it was bigger than that. Yeah, that's not good. But um, <laughs> just talked about how it wasn't that bad. Yeah, that's, no, that's not great. I thought it was 36. Yeah, 26 is uh, not great. It's about half capacity. But, hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Moving on. <laughs> let's go into how bad the crowd was now. 
I no, but look back into the game. I think yeah, look, it's 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 one of those things where I, I, North. I don't. I'm not subscribing yet to the, them hanging on to the season by a thread just yet. I think that they've got Essendon next week, who could be gassed after that game against West Coast. Yep. And they have to travel. So whereas North, you know, they're it's back at Eddie Had. So I, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'll have to see a few more games from North to, before I really sit back and think, hang on, that that's all. Oh over. yeah, they're but still I, in the box seat to but, keep. Clearly, GWS spot. and Hawthorne, who keep winning, uh, now that GWS have started to turn it around and Hawthorne just keep winning, I think they're banging on the door. So that's... It is... A, but as we've said a few times, if North were to finish 10th, that would be amazing. Yeah. We, we had them a bit higher up on the ladder, but a lot of people had them not higher than 10th, but we had them sort of, you know, 14th, 13th-ish. But yeah. a lot of people people had them 17th, 18th. A lot of people had them bottom. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. No, I don't, I don't think that was the case. <laughs> so anyway, we'll keep moving... Good game. But before, actually, before we do, yeah, yeah. So for you, West Coast, uh, West Coast, Western Bulldogs season done and dusted now. Oh, they start well, thinking about twenty nineteen and four wins. So that's yeah. and, and they're sitting on seventy four percent. Do you so reckon Bevo starts? Yeah, playing playing around. Why with wouldn't his... you? I mean, he's got what his situation's interesting. So he's got in about two or three weeks, he gets a few kids back. So he gets English, a few other people mm. like that back. Bring him back in. You're playing. You're one hundred percent playing them. And then in the back end of the season, you're not playing anyone that's leaving. So, Ruffhead, Wallace, Dalhouse, any of these people that are potentially going. Yep. Any any notion of them going? No, no point. Rest. And <laughs> Cottonwool, someone like Bond. Not not playing, but put him up in the four line. Possibly. I mean, to like give that. him some experience in different sections of the of the game. I mean, he's already, just give him, he's such a good player. But, but that's what I mean, give exposure to some of the young mids. It's 2019, without, without a doubt. I yeah. mean, I know mathematically they can make it if they won every game from here, they'd have 15 mm. wins. But it's, that it, ain't going to happen because we've already looked at the next we, few well, weeks. Well, that's the thing. We've anyway. gone through it and, and it's um, yeah. looking very unlikely. Hang on, there's nine games to go. They've only got four games. Sorry, they're, they're not in the top. I was thinking about the six. No, no. Yeah. It's... No, no. If they won every game, from, if they won every game from here, they will just make finals with thirteen wins. Yeah, well. So they have to win every game from here to just make it into the eight, and hope that nobody else. Exactly. Yeah. So that's sorry, because we were talking about this, the people that are on sixes before. Yeah. So that's much worse. So that the answer is no. They're out. So yeah. they're not going to win every game from here. No. To just make finals. <laughs> Definitely that, that's, not. So that's. Out. So that you're right, then then the answer is absolutely with Bond. Right. Especially against um, lower teams. Just that there's no point risking yeah. anything with him. Absolutely. Alright, so move on to the yeah, last game we, of the round. Let me keep moving. I mean I think stats wise through that game, I mean obviously a lot a lot of it's gonna read very close because they were close. So seventy six to seventy five disposal efficiency, uh, uncontested possessions two forty nine to two oh eight. Contested 144 to 149. So that's the thing. It all reads very close. Marks inside 50s, 10, 10. Tackles inside 50. So this shows the real pressure from the dogs. 20 to 8. Tackles inside 50. Inside 50s, 55 to 52. So pretty close. Efficiency inside 50, 36 to 33. So 20 shots from 55 entries, which is great. 17 to 52. So that was the thing. Neither team was amazing, but it, kind of, it evened out on the end. So, yeah, look, I mean... In the end, the accuracy fixed it 71% to north versus 55. So if you look at directly at their shooting accuracy, 12.5 to 11.9. So it's all all down to what they did in, in the last second. And, and the, the big thing, as I said, like, you know, with Wallace and, and not to sort of, you know, particularly throw him under the bus or anything like that, but to 
it, it, it's all it, it's the fact they were gassed that that's a massive yep. part of it but then for you know from a dog's perspective and that gave north the window but their structures completely fell apart in the end and and bevo spoke about that after the game was the dogs just they just did not have the ability but at the same time i don't have blasting them really i mean it's his decision obviously but they, they didn't have the gas to, to get to positions they needed to. I think that was more the issue. So, anyway. Yeah, well, keep, keep moving. So, Pies Blues, 79-59. Pies ended up winning by 20 points. So, Blues actually were really in this game. So, this was a fascinating game in the end. A lot of talking points out of it. Quarter time, 3-2, 2-3-2. So, even at quarter time. And then at half time, 5-8 to 4-3. And then 8-12 to 7-4. And then 11-13. So, awful accuracy to 9-5. So, Carlton were really in this game because they were accurate. And then Pies were really kind of not far away from Carlton because they were poorly at yeah. four in front of goal. I mean, that's a big aspect to this. Yeah, and like you were with the um, Giants-Brisbane game, I never felt that Carlton were ever no. going to win this game. Even though they were closer, well, they had their moments, but yeah. but you just felt that when they needed to, Collingwood were just going to go, oh, I'll just move up a gear and just their polish and class. The only thing that gave me a window into possibly thinking that it was going to happen was that Charlie Kerner and Patrick Gribbs, Gribbs, Cripps were unbelievable. Yes. That it did make you think, Hang on a second. And old mate Simpson Simpson again. as well, yeah. which we talk about basically every week. But it, I wrote in my notes right there, Simpson's such a star. <laughs> but if these two... I didn't even write anything specific. I just wrote that down. He's a star. But if these... I mean, it wasn't even about a piece of play. But if these, you know, these two jokers and really kind of three jokers as well kept going, it did make you think, hang on a second, if buys kind of fall apart a bit, and then the Trelaw injury late as well, it did make you think, ooh, are we on here? But then, because it evened it out a bit, because Plowman went out for the Blues, and then, you know, so a few things kind of went the wrong way, and, you know, Cruiser was off a bit, and blah, blah, blah. Did did Cruiser go off late with an injury? He's got 400 injuries, that guy. Broken, chipped an eye Broken eyebrow or something. But anyway. He breaks everything, that guy. God, he's... I mean, the jokes aside, he is a classic example of a player whose body has completely let his career down. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. he went number one, and he looked like... And he did look like... I mean, people now think, how the hell did he go number one? I saw him play in his junior days. He was a... F- uh, oh. And he was he was unbelievable. He looked like he could be anything, and then, yeah, his body... But his he body was a junior, was fine. Out, yeah. But then as soon as he got older, his body fell apart. So, but yeah, as you said, it... it Never really felt like it, but it did feel like there was a bit of a window here where you thought, hang on a second. But yeah, look, I think Dugowie was not great. He kicked one, one, you know, I think, I still think that Bucks, you know, throwing him forward is a weapon, but it, you know, didn't really work so much on the day. Meechek, I thought was really good. Cox didn't have, you know, anywhere near the sort of day out that he's been having more recently. Penderbury, you can argue, was uh, BOG. He was a joke, really. Um, certainly for, from a Collingwood perspective. Side bottom was, was very good as well, though. So yeah. that's the thing. I mean, I think the old, you know, guys were, were very good. The mature players were, were pretty solid. I thought Phillips had a really good game as well. Grundy was fantastic. But in terms of, you know, this game, in terms of, you know, if you want to say where the game was won and so on and so forth, and, you know, we'll kind of look at Collingwood a bit first. But, I mean, look, they were the only real reason that, that Carlton were in this was the efficiency going inside 50 was so poor. And I think structurally, Pies just weren't anywhere near as polished as they've been the last yeah. few weeks. And they were probably due a down game. And, and 
can't arguably have two of the better young, when I say young, young experience guys that have got in the, been in the system two or three years now yeah. in Crips and Kerno. They are out and out stars. They're shown to be stars in a poor team. Yeah. Imagine just what they'd be like in a decent team. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, let's we'll get into the Blues in a second. The other thing, yeah. too, just briefly with Collingwood. Collingwood coming off the bye as well. Yeah. Doesn't help. So a lot of little things like that. Um, it took them a little while, and it obviously reflective in the game. They were down at um, <clears throat> quarter time, and then yeah. from there, they just took the ascendancy for the rest of the game. And Blues, similar to Dogs-type scenario, these you know lower teams are going to fall away, so just gassed. I mean, towards the end, you know, Hoskin Elliott took a little while to build through the game, but his second half, I thought, was outstanding. Do you know he's the only player in the AFL to kick a minimum of a goal every, every week? Game. Yeah, so every far. Yeah, the only player. Because Jesse's gone off the, the yeah. wagon now. So, Whereas there was a few of them that were running with him, but now he's the only one. And he, and he ended up finishing with a bit. And so. I can't see him not kicking He's fantastic. Him. So he, he could push one of the... I Every club would love him. Yeah, he's um, definitely the better of the two, Hoskin Elliott. Yeah, I think so too. A uh, couple of things as well. So Levi Greenwood, concussion. So Dale... Uh, Dale... What's his name? Dale Daisy. Thompson. It is Daisy, Tom, Daisy yeah. Thomas. Yeah. Uh, copped. Uh, he copped. No, he made somebody else cop. Yeah, he's uh, smashed uh, Greenwood concussion. So one week, and I, 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 who knows if the Blues will challenge. We're sitting here Monday night. We don't know. You wouldn't think so. What's don't the know. Point? What's the point? Uh, I wouldn't bother. So he's probably going to cop that week. But um, yeah, look, I think from a Collingwood perspective, good win. They toughed it out. But the massive story out of this before we get into the Blues is Trelaw. So if you haven't um, seen the news, so we're recording this Monday night, so you might know a bit more by the time you listen to this. So far as I know, Collingwood haven't actually uh, confirmed this publicly out of the club. I'll do a quick little check now, but it looks like... So originally we th- everyone thought it was going to be really one bad hamstring. or one, um, but bad. And then when they good. came out and then it came good and it was cramps of both. Yeah. And now it could be actually worse than everyone for a second thought. The first thought could have been the real thought, but now both. Yeah, or, so again, I can't see anything... convoluted, but... I can't see anything from Collingwood yet, but... Collingwood it, will hold this as long as, as they, they can. can yeah. yeah, but it's but every media outlet is going with that he's out for the season. So that's massive news. And he has been, and he was actually down through the first half of this game, but then he was, you know, really impressive in yeah, the second half. Actually, so, so I found one from three hours, a news from three hours ago, and it says um, a bizarre uh, hamstring injury could yeah. cause the end of trouble. No, no, no. Season. Yeah, well, everyone's going with that story. I'm more talking from the club. I'll, oh, the club. In terms yeah. of statement from the club, that's all I was wanting to check was an official thing because I generally like to go with it once. Yeah, that'll it's probably be actually when, official. That'll probably be Wednesday But it's most likely to be Tuesday. Yeah. Well, yeah, it could even be that late. But given everyone's going, with they might be forced to pull the trigger tomorrow. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, so that, that's a massive story, and, and clearly, you know, he's been doesn't help really all, impactful. Although they've got a number of forward and mids to start coming back into that team over the next. They do, but, but if, he's a big out. If it if is what they what people are saying, it is. So what I read was that one hamstring was off the bone, and the other one was a partial tear. So that would mean surgery, and that would mean he's not definitely not back until next year. Even if even if he was able to recover, surely he's not going to make it back into no. finals. Well, no, off the bone is that's six, what I read. Is so six I weeks, and I'd be surprised if, it, if, if he's a very good actor because hammy off the bone, you ain't walking like that at any time after the game. So uh, that's all. That's, yeah, I know that. You just that's why I was looking. We don't like to go with innuendo. I just wanted to that. Well, not really. That's what. No, but that's still bullshit media outlets. So who knows what they're going with? But that's what I saw and that's what I read but um, anyway so look, hopefully not because I, I like the way 
plays his game. And, oh no, no, and no, no! I don't. No, absolutely. It's, I'd love it's him to awful. be back. So. No, seems like a really good bloke as well. Uh, I haven't met him, but all you hear is that he's a really top top guy. Um, hasn't think, hasn't said the the most intelligent things in his career. Though. Well, I think early on, I don't think that Richmond thing <laughs> probably helped, and then obviously, especially what happened. But um, yeah, I think he's you know yeah. But it seems like you know. Good bloke and, and knows what's going on. So you never not that you want to see you know anyone get injured, but it, it, you know it's it's never ideal when they're up and about and in a team that looks like they're going to contend, and especially in an inconspicuous way too. It's just running along the boundary line and they, seem, oh, they seemed he, to be he just kind of overran a little bit and he was in that kind of really awkward position where he was kind of pushing his legs a little bit too far out. But I know what you mean. It, mm. it was a little bit innocuous, but it wasn't kind of like the lever thing, which was like whoa. You know, yeah, he was just really weird. weird, innocuous ones. But um, anyway, we'll keep moving a little bit more on Collingwood. I mean, look, the, the the big thing for me was that they were able to do it with Cox down. So this whole, yeah. I think Blues did a really good job at shutting down that ISO Cox. So isolating Cox and making him the major target, which confused a lot of the defenders because they thought, hang on, a Collingwood psycho. Why, why would you want to make this guy the target? But it works. He can mark it higher than anyone because he's 400 foot tall. Yeah, six and he finally worked out how to... He's 6'10". 6'11". Oh. Oh, anyway, either, either way, way, he's bloody tall. Bloody tall. <laughs> so he figured out... And then he's finally figured out how to kick it through the sticks. So that makes a massive difference. So I think that they managed to do that without him. So that's a... That's a and Dugowie really firing either. One, one's not much. So yeah. that's... It's, it's good to see. That, I mean, percentage-wise... Not ideal. So they managed to scrape into top four. Great. But they're sitting at 119 and around them. Port 113 and West Coast, Sydney and Richmond all in the one... Well, sorry, Richmond's 130. So that's a big deal. They're all well, well above percentage-wise. So not amazing. But again, it's it's a funny one. Like I still think, you know, the season is so close. It's, it's At this stage, you know, obviously percentage is important. And they had an opportunity. But coming off the bye, don't think we can be probably too hard on them. No. Given West Coast, you know, lost. I mean... That's exactly so right. So it, it is one of those things. Yeah. But and they've definitely, if, if you haven't already picked up on it, they've easily got the Nab Rising star in the bag in Jaden Stevenson. So he's pretty much wrecked the award because he's just so good. Good, like, yeah. I mean, he's, he's just he's, turned into... like He's the Donovan Mitchell, the AFL, Rookie of the Year. He looks unbelievable. Yeah, all all the, the, yeah. the teams that had pick one, two, and three and decided, nah, the heart condition is not worth the risk. Which uh, just shows uh, poor research. I just, right, poor research. Obviously, didn't have the conversation with his family in detail. And Collingwood was just going, you're all a bunch of Muppets. Um, they got him for nothing, too. They got him a pick six. So, well, not nothing, but I guess, but, but no, still, I know, but well, the, I guess nothing in, in that a lot of people said that he would have gone number one. one there was a yeah. lot of talk that he was going to so go number fast. One. He, I mean, this Agile, is, a, this yeah. is a guy who only weighs 77 kilos, no injuries, yeah. and can have an impact on the game of mm. football at the top level. He's only going to get bigger and He's stronger. He's impacted straight away as yeah. well. He and looks like he could kick 35, 40 goals for the year. Yeah, absolutely. And he's going to be... joke stuff. And like, he's 188 centimetres, so we're talking sort of almost that Jesse Hogan, Tom... Uh, he could be like a Tom McDonald. Mm. Once he gets a bit more meat on him, he's, he's going to be able to impact... Well, that's the marking so young, and stuff but, like that. But he's so fast. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's, he's extremely uh, well-rounded player. Uh, he's he's solved, really loved at the club, and they've yeah. solved the, where the goals Concerns, are going to come from. Yeah, because yeah. we... And that's what we said in the, in the pre-season, you know, the big thing for us was that this 
the Collingwood thing we said in in that episode was that you know that they're, they're still trying to figure things out post cloak really. I mean they've got a couple of different pieces, but they've never had a kind of a permanent solution. But I like this modern yeah, unorthodox, spread, yeah. spreaded forward line. Who knows where it's going to go? And this really proves that it still is is great because they they lost you know they they really two players were not great in the ones we were just speaking about, but they still won. So yeah. But let's we'll, we'll pivot a little bit into Carlton because we've covered Collingwood pretty heavily. I mean, look, the big thing for me, you know, Casbolt laid out was good news. I mean, probably probably good news. So very good news. Hurt his finger and probably you know the the sort of you know juju that comes with playing him <laughs> just seems to. Yeah. Well, ironically, I think it actually made them look a lot better forward. And it sounds pretty harsh on him, but I think it did. Um, and the blue, the big thing, as we said at the start, you know, as you pointed out, the, the stars were amazing. You know, Kerno. Yeah. In from the Charlie sort of variety was fantastic. it was a really good and return to great. the top level from Matthew Kennedy as well. He, yeah. I thought he was so that's very his good. best game for for um, Carlton, Carlton for sure. Yeah. He was fantastic. So just yeah. just really really nice contested support that you know assists Cripps and he really needs yeah. help in that department. So. And I think Weering is finally starting to feel like he can play at yeah, this he looks like level. Um, that those few weeks so he's young. Uh, I mean, so young. People and, have been so harsh on him recently. Yeah. And who came in? Casbolt. Um, Casbolt. Was it O'Shea? Um, not sure. But apparently he was up in the like. The, there was a lot of confusion on the bench oh, okay. because it happened after, like just before they were about to. O'Shea. Play. Yeah, you were yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. he was up in the I grandstand. So, so for yeah. about ten or fifteen minutes, when they were doing interchange benches, the players didn't know what was going on. They couldn't tell whether they were meant to be on or off because there was only three on the bench. So there was a bit of confusion there. Not to say that made an impact on the end of the game, but yeah, you think. There should, I know, for TV reasons and stuff, they've got to start on time and all that. But you would think this is a uh, a warning, a, a sign for all other teams in the future. Any of your emergencies are, are suited yeah, up. Sorted. Yeah. They, they, they're suited up until the game is actually started. They, they go through as if they're going to play, and mm. then you don't have this issue moving forward because it could have been worse. It could have been uh, one of their key players, like, not that Casbolt's... Well, he's not a key player, but it could have been a Crips. No, I think Casbolt's... Yeah, I think that's... But imagine over. if it was that type of player that is, and then all of a sudden you've only got three on the bench and you need someone to take over. Oh, that could have a massive impact in a game. In a final, think of all those things. So hopefully teams have learnt from that and any of their two emergencies uh, they should be out there warming up even if it's just in the rooms yeah and suited ready to go and then after five ten minutes if they're not needed which the game started they can't come on anyway then they go up and have a no, beer. No, I think a that's the better way to do it. In terms of the, the Ploughman um, and the Dale Thomas thing, I think we talk about that in the preview because that's going to impact next week rather yeah, than this absolutely. game. But it, did, it clearly impacted the game because they were down. And who knows whether they'd stayed in. And, and Dale had, had still had some very, very good numbers, even though um, you know he obviously had the injury. So... Look, good effort from Carlton. You know, they, they stayed in the game and, you know, that they, they certainly, you know, apparently they had a really hard chat too after that Frio game last yeah. week because I think we both, well, we but we tipped it. We thought, we rolled the dice with that Frio game and thought, you know what, I reckon this yeah. is, and, and apparently internally game. Carlton thought that this was one they could sneak, but um, they were so poor on the day, but they were a lot better. But this is the type of game, as a, if you're a Carlton supporter, you're going to go, yep, we lost, but, at but we least got two freaks. Two freaks. We signed one let's effort, sign the other effort at the contest worked as a team almost got over the line but 
just actually tried. And that's yeah. all you can ask. If you lose to a better team, you lose to a better team. And that's going to be frustrating itself. But if you lose just because you don't give a rats yeah. and you don't look like... And they didn't fall either. away and let themselves no, get exactly belted right. or anything like that. I mean, 79 to 59 is not too bad. So, look, I it mean... It was only in that last sort of 10, 15 minutes where Colin really got on top anyway. Yeah. There's no point going to the, the deficiencies of Carlton because it's really all the same sort of stuff. They're obviously missing a lot of pieces and, and you know, you know, really kind of two, two to four to five to six to seven to eight to ten. Like they've just got a billion things we could really list that... Uh, that we've already discussed multiple times. hundred times anyway. that, 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 you know, it's going to be, you know... Hopefully better next year, and then you know I think they shoot for you know two to three years time, and if Bolton's their man, back him in and and, and go from there. But um, yeah, look, good effort to sort of stay in the game, and but I think you know Collingwood's accuracy and sort of you know slugness, I guess sort of early for lack of a better word, that kind of lethargic nature of them, and that's the post buy thing I think as well. You know, yeah, I just think that they they're structurally it just wasn't as efficient, and you know, and that kind of ruthless cutthroat way they were playing Melbourne on Queen's birthday, it just wasn't that same way. But it'll take you know, look, it's later in the season now, and you know, I think to Carlton's credit, they did force them to play in ways they didn't like, and it, it kind of you know mucked them up a little bit. But yeah, that I, I think it was more Collingwood's fault than Carlton's. Fault. Oh but, yeah, but they, they were, had two unbelievable performances on the day. Yeah, and it was very. There's little signs if you watch it very closely that a lot of the team now are starting to buy in and understand the game plan that Bolton's trying to instill yeah. in them. So we've seen it with Collingwood; they flicked the switch and bang. Essendon finally flicked the switch, bang. bang. So it may and might just be part of this evolution Even of Brisbane. the new style. Yeah, not the way that football is going. Now. It may take two or three years for mm. a team to actually really get into a game plan because. Not only do they have to learn it, they've got to adapt it to the new rules that keep coming into the game yeah. and all that type of stuff. So it, um, it might be easier to... I mean, the Saints next year all of a sudden could be very good knows, because yeah. Maybe. they've finally got used to the game plan and understand the rules and blah, blah, blah. It takes blah. time. And I mean, the other thing too is Carlton have a lot of money in their cap space. Even I think, don't, think, don't think people understand the the deal with uh, Charlie Kernow as well. It's actually very back-ended. So they've got money right now to lock away Crips and... Potentially, one of their big targets is Dugowie. So, ironically, and we're talking about Collingwood. So, they're, if they're if they're able to attract a few pieces, then you know maybe you know they just forget about Casbolt and people like that. And I mean, Liam Jones is so up and down. Like you know, there's moments where he's fantastic, and then there's moments where you're like, fuck. Yeah. What is he going to do next? Like, it's, yeah, they've got they've got some plays that, that whole, just haven't worked. No, clearly, and that's that's that whole thing of just you know it's that you know at times you, you just think far out like it must be so frustrating to be arms of water. But there's the, a couple of these players that you know I think they're going to have to rotate, and there'll be more deal listings I'm sure at the end of the well, oh, obviously yeah. there will be at the end of the year. But yeah, look, it's it's yeah it's it's interesting you know. But I think look, Matt Kennedy was fantastic, and and I think you know massive um, hats off to him. I was really impressed with his game. That was a big yeah. talking point for me out of the game. And what they need right now is contested support and they're getting yeah, a bit of that so that's good well, that's, and they'll get more of it as the time goes yeah, on yeah and then when Wearing starts to feel more confident in himself they get Doherty back Doherty they get back, March yeah. back we speak about it every all that time, type so. of stuff that it's all gonna get there no need this to worry about a, Collingwood so much though no no Collingwood yeah, and uh, yeah they're, they're thereabouts they're gonna be four, top four well, bottom of top four or top of the uh, bottom part of the eight. I think so yeah, yeah fourth good. or fifth for me for the pies so we better close up thanks so much for listening guys. guys that was the review for round 14 so check out hops to home hops to home.com.au afl deep dives the promo code get some craft beer i just ordered another case so i've got a second case coming on the way 
Got to get some uh, stock up on some beers. So there's some really good dark beers they've got going at the yeah, moment. Good. Some good IPAs as well. So definitely check them out. Hopstahome.com.au. And rate we, and review if you can. What are you going to say? Oh no, then uh, I was just going to say. Then uh, we'll see you next episode with a, yeah, a preview. preview of a full round of footy again. Full round nine games, and then we're going to do a bonus episode as well. And we're working on some video content up soon as well. So we can't say too much more because we're trying to work out all the little nit bits. But once we iron out the nit bits, we'll we'll start filming. Absolutely, and it'll be good. It'll be good fun. Excellent. Thanks Take so care. much for listening, guys. See you later. Bye.